What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode seven of your mom's favorite threesome and the Oklahoma Sooners and myself and Sooner Nation are dead. Again. Again. Uh, after an absolute crazy weekend of sports, um, we've got a lot to talk about here today. Ultimately, anyone who knows, we're here in Oklahoma, so we're feeling the effects of the Lincoln-Riley debacle, and uh, we're going to talk all about that. It's kind of crazy to sit here and think about what we should be sitting here talking about is Bedlam and uh, all that happened in that game, but here we are. Somehow Lincoln has uh, found his way to uh, take all the credit for this show and what we're going to be talking about. Um, so let's just dive right into it, guys. Let me welcome in Sam and Antoine. What's up, y'all? Hey, what's, what's up, up, man? It, uh, it's been a crazy 24 hours. Um, so much has happened in the sports world. Uh, but ultimately, the big thing is Lincoln Riley has left the Oklahoma Sooners and gone to USC. Um, Sam, you I I give you the floor first because I have so <laughs> I have so many emotions, and I just want to say it right now for our audience, today's episode might be a little vulgar. Uh, I just want to put that out there, throw that out there now because I don't know what how I'm gonna react to everything. I'm just gonna speak from the heart, and who knows what's gonna come out. So I'm just mm. giving it out. I'm letting everyone know now. It might be a little explicit. Uh, just give it a heads up now. But, Sam, do you want to go ahead and start us off? Sure. Um, I mean, where to begin from uh, start late Saturday night when uh, a reporter uh, asked Lincoln about the LSU job, just straight up asked him about it, and he shot it down pretty quickly. And he just, you know, gave some specul- any speculation. It kind of gave people a little bit of, you know, a little calming resolution to that job um, and everything that, was uh, attached to it, so you thought, okay, this is exactly what you wanted him to do. Um, but uh, lo and behold, uh, reports started coming out early Sunday morning that uh, USC was starting to target him for their job, um, and it just kind of snowballed really quickly. And uh, he started getting reports that he was telling his staff that uh, uh, he was taking the job, and of course. Then he was telling him, you know, whoever wants to come with me to L.A., you know, was born welcome to. Um, and then it just, you know, it became official. And you just start hearing stuff throughout the day of stuff that transpired. Um, you know, you start hearing rumors, hearsay. I mean, obviously it's not anything that we can speculate. We don't have the sources to uh, to really uh, comment on some of the stuff you hear. Uh, some of the rumors are flying around that – you know, on that bye week after Tech, he had made a trip out to USC um, to, you know, speak with the AD, uh, with the administration, uh, kind of talk things over there. Um, it, it would it, it would make sense uh, after that following week, after, you know, them looking really unprepared, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, you, just the last three weeks, just the, how they've looked – Outside of one half, which was the Bedlam first half, that the offense just looked completely lost all three weeks. The biggest stretch of your season, and your offense is just that you don't know what to think. How many times did we say, "Man, if the offense could just get going and give the defense a little bit of comfort, you know, a little bit of uh, breathing room, that you know we're going to win this game." Baylor 
ten to seven in the third quarter. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like we're like just get the offense going and we'll be fine. Well, the offense never truly got going, especially up to our standards. You know, going into this season, it was national championship or bust. Everyone thought this was this could be the year. You had the uh, Spencer Rattler, the Heisman favorite. You're ranked number two in the nation. All these big time names are picking you to win the national championship, and something was wrong the entire season. The entire season just didn't look right. And, you know, all these reports are coming out now for the last few weeks. Everyone's saying Lincoln has just looked different. He hasn't been the same guy, and there's something was off. Uh, so you think it was like – so you think he's been, you know, eyeing his job since the beginning of the season? Well, here, so this is – I didn't really think about this until, um, until I heard it today on the radio. But just a little while ago I heard – uh, week two was when USC fired their head coach. Yeah, it was in September. Yep. And they had not been pursuing anyone. Uh, they went pretty radio silent on their uh, on all the, like, any sites, you know, Twitter, you know, just articles. Anything about a USC head coaching search had just gone really radio silent. You had heard things like, because Mike Bone is the former AD over at Cincinnati, so you heard, like, Luke Fickle would be the ideal choice. But nothing – Nothing was just coming out there. Normally, no. you can get something, some little smoke screen or something. And, and while that was going on, they were losing all these recruits, and nothing was being said about it. They were just kind of allowing it to happen. So I don't know if it's been planned out that long, but clearly they knew something we didn't. And that was – I don't know if they had Lincoln on their board as the number one guy, and that's exactly what they were going to do. But I don't think it's a coincidence that they were letting all these – Recruits go knowing that if they got Lincoln Riley, he was going to be bringing his recruits to USC. Because if you noticed, which all Sooner Nation has noticed, is that the moment this was announced, all of basically all of 2023 class has decommitted. Well, they are, and majority of them were outside of one who was in a Nevada. Kid, yeah, the, and his primary recruiter is uh, Demarco yeah, Murray. I say the one running back who decided to stay, uh, which is great to see. I love to see that. But all these kids, what's the connection? They're all California kids. Yeah, they're all West Coast people, and clearly Lincoln knew that going into USC that he was going to be able to flip these kids and keep them closer to home and bring them in. So I don't know how long this has been planned. Obviously, I definitely believe it's been at least since he left to go during the bye week. Um, you know, there's reports that he was uh, seen at a private airport there. Uh, so, it, it, you know, we know it happened. It definitely happened. He's had he, communicate. This just went. didn't. It did not matter what this just did not happen one of the, in like a 12 to 18 hour span. No. And one of the best things to consider here is he kept saying, I had to do this for my family, my family, my family, my family, my girls. That's all he's been saying this whole time. Do you know where Lincoln Riley's from? He's from Molshew, Texas. A small little town in uh, Texas. Molshew, right? yeah. His wife is from, I think, I believe in even a smaller town than that. Um, they're, they're, oh, this is all they've known is small town living. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that in a 12 to 18 hour period, he just convinced his wife to move across the country to L.A. and that it was the best possible thing for their kids. No, the money was the best possible thing yeah. for their kids. That, that, yeah. That's I'm what convinced. Right I mean, that's the easiest well, here's the thing. Deal. There's, like, already been, not... there's already been talk that um, there was communication mm-hmm. between Lincoln and uh, Joe uh, about getting a contract extension and 
up in the money that he was going to be making. So, and here's the deal too. Let's not forget. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but L.A. and taxes, uh, he's going to lose. Let's say he's making 12 a year, like some people are saying. He's going to lose $3 million of that just in, in just in taxes. So I don't so, know the year length. I did see that the some of the details that came out were uh, it's $110 million. Uh, don't know the year length again. Um, they bought both of his houses. Well, this is all w- speculation. This is not a – I mean no one really even knew who this guy was who, who put the report out. So I'm curious to see if this is true, but yeah, continue. Well, USC – here's the thing too. USC is a private school, so, so they, they don't, don't have to they give out any information. Yep. But he put out that they uh, bought both his house, houses for 500000 each. Uh, they purchased, They bought him a new $6 million home in L- uh, L.A., which that sounds about right for L.A. living. Um, and, of course, then they have given him a 24-7 jet. To for family for obviously recruiting that's not bad to have in your back pocket no not at all no <laughs> um, here's the thing L A Times also provided an article uh, that gave kind of a detailed rundown of uh, how it all broke down and they mentioned in the article that the uh, USC has been talking to his reps for several months now um, you know and a lot of people just have noticed something has been offered with OU all season. You know, something just was not right. Um, you know, you listen you listen to the radio, you listen to podcasts, and they talk about that something was just amiss with Lincoln, with the team. Uh, something just didn't seem right. And, of course, it started – even then, there was rumors coming out that him and Grinch um, were having a yeah. bit of a rift and that he hadn't spoken to Grinch in some time. Now, like it does matter now. I believe is what they were saying. And now Grinch is in USC, so I don't know how much truth is that speculation. But you just look at it and you – we talked about how – the thing about this offense is that there was so much creativity in this offense. And I, over the last three weeks, we have talked about where is the creativity – where has the usual, uh, you know, the routes, the, you know, design for this this passing, and where is it gone? I just truly believe he's had one foot out the door. I think he for the last three weeks, I think he's had one foot out the, foot out the door, and I think he knew yet he was going to leave. One hundred percent. And I think I I honestly, yeah. I agree. Whew, uh, I mean, it would have been a little bit tougher. Had OU won on Saturday, maybe. I don't know. Because, like I said, he had his one foot out the door. I, he may have stayed one more week if they had won to play in the championship game. Um, I just don't think he was, no matter what, even if they won the Big 12 target, I think he was leaving. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Is You know, too big. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you guys are the two biggest OU fans I, I know. How do you actually feel about him leaving? Like, are you upset that Lincoln Riley's leaving, or are you upset – the way the season played out, and then he left. Like, I want to hear you guys, uh, yeah. like, how you guys feel about that. I want to make this very clear, okay? I am not mad at Lincoln Riley, the person, for leaving to go to another job, okay? okay? I am mad. I am furious. I am fucking upset that in the manner he did it, all right? He has left this program the program that Bob Stoops, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, um, pretty pretty big legend in the college football uh, world. In fact, being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame next week, um, handed him a Porsche and said, Lincoln, 
drive this Porsche, do what you want with this Porsche. It is now yours, and take it to the promised lands. He comes in, five years, wins a bunch of Big 12 championships, take us to the playoff. No, doesn't get the job done in what the sense of OU standards, but what's he do to give the car back now? Where, where are we at with that? He hands us a freaking 2004 Ford Focus, and it was like, yeah, I forgot to fill up the tank too, so here you go, peace. And what I mean by that is he's giving the program back in a position to where they're not set up to succeed anymore. We're in a position to where losing all the recruits, you've got all these players. I I mean, the names continue to trickle in. Right before we started the podcast, another five-star receiver, uh, Hazelwood, um, enters the transfer portal. You have Spencer Rattler already uh, entered the transfer portal today. Uh, there's rumors that Theo Weiss is going to d- go. You have defensive guys who were saying that they were thinking about coming back now are either going to transfer or go to the NFL. Did you hear something about Caleb? Nothing the, yet. I mean, I, the only I heard rumors about Caleb, too. I, the only thing I've heard is that he's actually doing bowl prep and that what I have read, seen online, is that he's going to play in the bowl game. My, my point is with all this is you've, you're supposed to leave it in a better uh, better than you found it, right? And he's leaving the university and crippling them because this is going to hurt recruiting for years, not just next year. Because we've already like, we had the number one recruiting class in 2023. I mean, receivers, running backs, defensive players, quarterbacks, everything was set up for this team to succeed in the future. And now, decommits all over the place. I think the University of Oklahoma is going to be okay. I do believe that. I, the football program will get going again. We will make it back to the playoff. I do believe we'll eventually win another national championship. But what Lincoln has done and the way he's done it and the way he treated the people closest to him, it just completely, I mean, shows his true character. And that's not anyone that I want associated with this program. I mean, we knew he was a – he seemed like he was the right guy for the job at the time, but clearly he was not – the media does not like Lincoln Riley. Ask any of the yeah. local media. They did not like this guy. He, 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 was, he never said anything. He kept everything so close to him because he's so damn paranoid all the time mm-hmm. that people are going to get like a, a step up on him or something. It's ridiculous. But this guy, he was not the guy, and I can't wait for some of the stuff to continue to pour out about him because I'll tell you right now, Bob Stoops is not happy with him, and no. he shouldn't be. Like no, I he said, shouldn't. he gave him the keys to the palace and was like, bro, it's on you now. He, he left the program in a perfect time to where you could give it and give it to the future. And Lincoln ran into the ground, period. But I feel like this is also, I know you don't see it now, but it's low-key a blessing in disguise for you guys. Because he did it right before you made the move to go to the SEC. Well, and I understand. There is, I understand, a, there is a hurt to that, yeah. There yeah is a hurt I understand you're losing your recruits. I understand that. But, you know, it's OU football. Like, you guys are one of the top teams in the country. Like, somebody's going to step in and coach you guys. Like, you're going to get a quality coach. But I think, you know, the thing with Lincoln Riley is, yeah, he had a, I think, he 55-10 and 10 record with OU as a head coach. Well, probably, Dude, I think he's 55-11 now. He doesn't fucking – right. He never fucking won a big game. It doesn't matter how many fucking wins you have in the season. He never – he has an 0-3 college football playoff record. Yeah. Oh, and three. And I think you guys should look at that and realize, like, 
okay, yeah, he was a quality coach. He was decent. But he wasn't the coach that you guys wanted. You guys want to see fucking wins. You don't want to see this flaky-ass bullshit. You don't want to see, you know, players, you know, having this great week one week and then the next week looking unprepared. You want to see consistent consistency from your team. You want to see wins. You want to see championships. You don't want to see some guy who's getting there but not quite getting it done. Well, so, here's the thing. When I think of him, I obviously – you can't blame anybody for when it comes to when you look at the money situation. Obviously, any of us would see that and think, "Wow, that's that's almost a too good of a deal to pass up." If that deal was correct, I have a problem with how these guys handle how they leave. And clearly, for weeks, he had been keeping people in the dark. He had been mismanaging things. Uh, especially here recently, I mean, I've I've heard I've honestly have heard that actually this deal has been done since Thanksgiving. I I've heard on a, a couple podcasts now. I've heard this deal was, it was the deal was on the table and it was accepted. They've been talking. They've been talking. They've been talking for so yeah. Again, this, three four weeks. This whole weeks. shit that he said in his press conference that it happened on a Zoom call. No fucking Zoom call. It. Is going to make someone leave a job that fucking quickly. Yeah, he he knew what he was doing, and he mis he mishandled how he handled the with the administration, which I'm going to get with the administration here in a second. Yeah, he mismanaged with his bosses, how he mishandled with his his coworkers, his employees, other coaches, how he left them in the dark, and of course how he mismanaged handling with the players. The rumor team meeting thing. He comes in. And he gives about a two-minute speech. Well, here's the deal. Real quick, right before you get to that, I, want, I just wanted to say, supposedly Bob told Lincoln that he needed to go do that. See, I, I have heard, I have, I heard that too. Um, I, you know, that's another one of those ones that I don't. I mean, that's just, I've, I've seen that out there. I've only seen it on one thing. So again, it's one of those things that you, you don't know. Right. But you know, he comes in and gives a two, uh, two-minute speech. He starts getting his little crocodile tears that he gets going, just like he did uh, about 30 minutes ago at his presser. Um, and, you know, and then he leaves. I mean, you know, and so there's sometimes there's no easy way to handle that kind of thing. But there are different – there are certainly better ways to handle it than that. So What's, what – so what – give me give – me, give me a scenario. Like what do you think – because I don't feel like, like you just said – there's no easy situation to, to handle that. No. If you're if you're Lincoln Riley, you get offered a USC job, mm-hmm. right? And you get offered everything that we you know that's rumored that he he was offered the six million dollar house, yeah. the whatever, whatever. How do you handle that situation differently than he handled? Well, let me say this right now. <clears throat> okay, so first of all, the most important thing, the reason you are a football coach, is to coach, especially in college, is to coach. Young men. I mean, it's all about those the players you're bringing in, and it's it's all recruited around. Oh, come join our family, our family, our family. The players found out about this on Twitter, and I understand in today's world things get broke really quickly, and it can get out there. There is zero excuse for the team to think that they're going to a team meeting like any other day, and show up and find out that or while they're. Uh, going there, finding out on Twitter that their head coach is going to USC. Well, his blessing in disguise was the fact that 
the LSU rumor was out there. Well, so he could easily dispel perfect. that to make the players feel a, any kind of more ease while he's also doing this deal on the on the outside. You know where that LSU rumor came from? I'm going to guess his agents. His agents. Perfect, perfect, perfect um, smoke and mirrors. Everyone's looking over here while this is going on over here. No one knew where that that had come from about LSU. Everyone's been digging into it, trying to find uh, the source of the whole thing. Well, it just didn't seem like a fit anyway. Yeah. I mean. Well, there, everyone's like, no, Lincoln's not going to move to Baton Rouge and live there. Like that was just wasn't even with him being a smaller town kind of guy. It just wasn't going to work that way. And I mean, it, it, nothing fits in that the whole scenario. I mean, why? That's a he would be going down. That's not a lateral move. It's not an upgrade. That's a He's going downhill if you're going to LSU. And I get they're a good program, but it's still a step down. I don't care what you say. It just is. Well, neither the, neither these, no, neither these LSU or uh, USC are a better job than OU. Um, USC is interesting. Obviously, USC at, at their peak right. is in that same ballpark as OU. Yeah, absolutely. But if I, you look at it USC right USC in their peak yeah. is in the same ballpark as OU? Mm-hmm, yeah. What's their peak? Pete Carroll era? Oh, oh God, the Pete Carroll USC? era, USC, right. yeah, Pete I mean, Carroll. I, I, I understand USC has I mean, history, yeah. but but like, I don't know. You I, know, I understand this guy. This hits a little more for you guys because there is no bigger sports program in the state of Oklahoma than OU football. Well, the, o- Oklahoma's the, a top five job anyway. Yeah, and, no, one hundred percent. The way that univer- uh, the way the university is going at this rate, I mean, it's a top three job maybe because. You're not only you're winning now. You're winning conference championships. You're you're competing uh, to get to the playoff each year, and now you're going to be going to uh, the SEC. And clearly, I I, and I'm a huge OU fan, but there are some things. Location. I mean, the job. I don't know if I could go as I would say, Bama, Texas, and I probably would put Ohio State ahead of OU. Texas, t- Texas is out now. They're not. They're not. It's not there anymore. Top, it's still, it's top still three. Texas. Jo- top three jobs, in my opinion, is Alabama, USC, and Ohio State. Those are probably the top three jobs. I'd put OU right on the outskirts, right behind Ohio State. But location means a lot to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who, who doesn't want to? I mean, who wouldn't want to live in California? Oh, I get that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's a million dollar house with a yeah, private I mean, jet. There's so many great aspects to that. I understand that. Oof. Once again, that's why I said I'm not mad at Lincoln Riley, the person, for taking the job. I'm just pissed about the way he did it. I mean, there's okay. So this is this is why I want to tie it all into. So you alluded to the locker room meeting with his players, a two minute meeting. You spent you spent countless hours with these people, uh, get, getting them to believe to come play for you. Uh, you know, practicing everything. You know, you're you're you know maybe some of these people like a father figure, and you can spend two minutes with them, and just be like, all right, peace. It was cool. We had a good time. All right, see ya. That's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. And that's why when he walked in there with those crocodile tears, uh, the the or the report is Demarco Murray called him out on that and said, get out of here with that shit. And yeah, uh, I mean, and, and said, tell him like be a man about it. And he said what he was doing. You know, as you guys may have heard, I'm, I'm taking the job at USC. And one of the first people to say something was Nick Benito, and he was called him a liar. So that shows you that the program that were thinking that Lincoln was staying. I well, mean, he made that clear to him. He's he said that to him all season long that he's going to be there for so the long haul. So think about that. What's that say about this guy? Lincoln Riley is he's a narcissist. Period. He's there's a sociopath. No, there's is no what doubt he is. about it. 
I mean, like I said, I, I've I've obviously liked Lincoln. He's a great, great coach. I mean, he's if, a great offensive coach. Watch, he's, well, right. Well, that's what I was gonna say. But he's a coordinator. Yeah, he's he's shown that since the moment he's arrived, he's a coordinator. He doesn't know how to step on the throat. And I've called this out. This isn't the first time I've said this. I didn't want him gone per se yet. I don't think. I mean, it's obviously sexy of an idea knowing you're getting these top offensive recruits every year. I just wanted to see what it was going to be like once we got to the SEC, got our recruits in there, and gone to work with those kind of talent. So that, that's what it's a good transition into. Probably the biggest reason why he left. Which is Lincoln Riley, and it's clear he did not want to be in the SEC. He did not. One hundred percent. He does not want to be in Couldn't the SEC. He he doesn't have what it takes. He did not SEC. have what it takes. He didn't nope. think that OU was re- prepared to go into the SEC, even though you're again, really he, not prepared to go into the SEC now. Exactly, and that's I mean that's another point, that's another talk later. But he didn't feel the administration was ready because. As, as a bunch of people have alluded to online, he didn't feel the administration was ready to get in the mud to deal with some of these schools there, which in the SEC, as you know, I mean, it's dirty pool. I mean, that's just what it is. None of these schools are going to rat on each other because all of them do it. But he didn't feel – and that, that it's been widely known that Joe Stiglione does not run his program. He does not run a athletic program like that, which, nope. hey, that's, that's fine. But Lincoln wanted assurances – that he didn't feel that he was going to get, and that's where a rift came in between them. And they can again; it's all smoke and mirrors in all these press conferences. Clearly, both clearly there was some passive aggressive in both uh, conferences uh, press conferences today. Lincoln talking multiple times about the AD and the administration's commitment and vision uh, to the program, which and he said that multiple times. Which you have to feel that's a shot at Castiglione and uh, the president of the University at OU. Um, you know they they saying that they wish Lincoln would have gave them a little bit more notice on this whole deal. Um, which I mean, here's the thing. Honestly, you have all these rumors out there about one school. What the fuck's it going to do to hurt? Just go ahead and say like. Also, this other school's interested as well. I mean, it's at this point now, it's not going to – it's just some kind of honesty that these that he did not show it to them uh, and to the players. I mean – You owe it to the school. You owe it to the players. You owe it I just, to the I fans. think he owes it more to the players. Just to show yeah, I think a, he owes it a, to the players, a little right? bit of loyalty, at, at least to being like, hey, you know, I'm getting a pretty badass job offer, guys, and i got to at least consider it. You know, a lot of people will never know what it's like to be offered $12 million a year, private jets, $6 million mansions. A lot of people aren't going to know what that's like. I'll tell you this right now. I don't feel like – I feel like if Lincoln Riley told his players that early in the season, you guys wouldn't have won seven games. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking. About, I'm not talking about Ernest. I'm talking about when the well, that's LSU. What you just said, no, though, right? no, when no, the no. LSU rumors really started floating around. If he had just been forthright and honest with him, he's like, okay, yeah, you know what? The LSU rumors. Honest with who? The players. If he's honest, he's like, look, the, I, the LSU rumors are nothing. But and he just and he's not. And he any kind of paraphrase, just some kind of honesty, in telling them, look, I can't guarantee. About the, how, what the future holds, but you know we can only focus on what we can focus on right now. So again, 
I asked it earlier, you two are Lincoln Riley. How would you handle the situation? You get offered the USC job. How are you going about the situation? I, I, Please tell me. The, pres- the, the administration is one thing. The players are another. I think he did do the players dirty. And I think he did his staff dirty. Except, I mean, the ones he took, so I mean, is one go, thing. So do you just have a meeting with the players and not talk to the administrators about it? Like I'm, I'm just, no, you, I'm just trying to figure out like what he could you have, have done to, differently. You have to, you have to handle to each handle one in a different situation. situation. <laughs> now you have to look at, and I'll talk about this a little bit more. There was clearly a rift between him and the administration. One I just, I just, I just, I just, don't, I just that's I don't, probably I don't, why. I, and so his first, his first priority should have been to the players, and then however he wants to handle the administration. I, I don't believe that with the administration yet. I'm not there yet because. I, I, I am fully Every, Everyone sat there and said, even Lincoln has said, there was no – I mean there's nothing there. It's not something that OU did to him or he did OU and everyone just kind of went radio silence and just kind of let the season play out. I think it's just like he saw an opportunity ever since – because he was included in the SEC talk. He was like, hey, there's a chance we might be going to the SEC. I want to give you a heads up. And then they did say that he said, hey, I need these kind of resources and blah, blah, blah. And we don't know how that – Affected how that affected things going forward. Well, something clearly did because something something got in between them to the point that, as a lot of it have alluded, he has left a lot of people in the dark over the last few months, and that includes the administration. So clearly, something came in between them that caused this rift, and it got to a point where Lincoln just did not want to be there anymore. I mean, again, SEC. he's. The SEC thing, or the, SEC. the assurances, thing, dude, the assurances, then the administration should have handled it a little bit better about with the any assurances about yeah. if the, if you're going to do it, if you're going to give him those assurances, you should you should have nailed it down sooner. Right. I just think Lincoln Riley knew what type of coach he was. I just think he knew that if going into the SEC, he wasn't going to be able to get the job done because he's never been able to get the job done. Um, I think. Oh, he clearly it, likes being the big fish in a little pond. No, one hundred percent, dude. And, and, and you have to think, even if even if Lincoln stayed, and even if you guys kept all your recruits, do you think you would be a top three team in the SEC? I do, but you have to. I don't. I don't so think here's you, would, thing. you you would be a top three. Don't be biased. I'm not. No, I, no, 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 I don't no. think you would go into the SEC and be a top hey, three. How team, many bro. points have uh, we hung on SEC schools? Thing. I mean, it, it's, it's not even. It's not even that. The 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 brand of SEC affects recruiting. So you already get the recruiting they're getting. You're just going to up that, and you're going to start yeah. getting guys who are SEC level guys. Yeah. That so their recruiting was already on the uptick. It's only going to send it up more. So, yeah, the, I mean, and then you look at you look at the teams in the SEC outside of Georgia and Bama. Oh, you definitely would. That is. Bama and OU as historically are already the top two teams in that and that would have been in that divi- in that uh, conference, and then you get you throw Georgia in there, so you're already looking. At, they're going to come in. Yeah, they would have been a top three. They would have been a top three team. Yeah, I'm not saying we go and win the SEC first year. I'm no, not saying. I'm not that. saying that either. But I'm telling you, we can compete. I mean, this this team. You can compete now. The the team is built, but I know. But I just told you. Ne- so next year's class is really good. The class after that was the number one class in the nation. I mean, it's like the players were coming to come play with Lincoln Riley and for the University of Oklahoma. Now, that's the most disappointing part about this is I understand, and all these former players are coming out and saying this as well, is you don't go to a school for a coach. I, I know it's I know it's, it's almost easy. unrealistic. I, I know it's unrealistic because I, I mean, like, but here's the deal: is like people are going to Alabama. Why? 
because they know Saban is there and what Saban they can do play for them. Because yeah. they know he's going to win. Right? Yeah. I understand that. I he's going to set them up I for, get that for the aspect. future. Yeah. But, like, my God, to sit there and put all your all your um, chips in one basket uh, uh, and betting on Lincoln Riley, and that's the only reason why you're going to a program. Well, you don't want those players anyway, then. Well, that's kind of my point. Is yeah, like, I, I want people them. coming to play for the name on the front of the 100%. jersey. 100%. Because there's a lot more. I mean, people said it all day. Lincoln Riley did not make Oklahoma. Oklahoma made Lincoln Riley. One hundred percent. Because Lincoln Riley was freaking out yeah. there playing against. He was at East. Wasn't he East, East Carolina? Carolina. East Carolina. He was the offense corner at East Carolina. He's playing against these Come small on, ass schools, trying to win games, all that. Nah, he gets Bob to OU. Bob Stoops gave him the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and being under there, you don't. When you go to Oklahoma, you don't leave. I mean, just what you do. These coaches go there. He, Lincoln is the first coach to leave the program for another college football job since 1947 as a head coach. The, the first coach to do that. I mean, that's insane. Well, it's just you don't see coaches of that tier at that kind of blue blood leave for another blue blood. It's, it's, a, it's, it's basically almost a lateral move, but you also look at where the programs are at right now. USC is coming off a 4-7 and seven season. They are dog shit right now. There, are some ta- there, are some, there is going to be a few – there's going to be some talent on that squad. And of course, they're going to get some transfers. They'll probably make up a little bit more in the recruiting class, but I mean that that where they're at right now is not where obviously USC wants to be, and it's just not it's not where anywhere where OU's at because OU's in was I mean I will see what, obviously what everything happens is in such a better place. Nate, I, this is a tough question um, just to ask to give an answer off the top of your head, but name me a coach who has done anything similar to this. Lane Kiffin. Oh, Lane Kiffin. It's not even close. It's not even what? in the same breath. They, they literally kind of remind me of each other, actually. Well, no, I'm not saying they're not similar people. I'm saying <laughs> that the position to go from a top five job. Hey, hold real quick. Uh-oh. If this is it, then LSU is expecting to hire Notre Dame's Brian Kelly as its next head coach. If that if that really just got done that quick, because before we went on to the podcast, they they said that on um, ESPN. That there's that there's your there's your case right there. Well, th- Notre Dame, Notre Dame pre- to pretty to LSU, uh, pretty quick on that because uh, uh, Notre Dame besides a national championship, they're winning ten games a season with Brian Kelly, and yeah. now he's going to a LSU, LSU team that just won their sixth game on Saturday. So real quick, um, back to it. The only argument about the Lane Kiffin thing, because Lane Kiffin is the closest match. The only difference is you're talking going from Tennessee to USC, which is going up a tier in in programs. Right. I mean, Tennessee you, is not on the it's not close no. to the level as the University of Oklahoma or or USC. So tell me a coach that has gone from one school. It hasn't to happened school, until does, right, until right now. Happen. Until right now, until Brian Kelly just did. If this is true, Brian Kelly just did it. That's very interesting timing on things because yeah. I mean and that shows you the world that we're living in now. It's completely night and day different than what we've seen, um, you know, in the past. I mean, this just doesn't happen. And the way this program is falling apart, it seems like it. I, I should say, it seems like everything is just crumbling. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And of course, it's my school that oh, yeah, it happens gross. too. I don't think, man. I don't think you guys have to be worried though. You're still OU, dude. You're still I one just, of the top programs mm-hmm. in the country. You're, you're you're gonna get a coach 
And, and, and by the way, speaking of who, who you're going to get, who do you guys think is going to be your coach? Well, here's what we'll name. Before, well, we'll, we'll do three here in a second. The, the only the only backtrack I can say that is they have to do this really quick. Absolutely. Like this, ha- this hire no, has to be done. To do this hire has to be done this week. 100%. Like they it they has to be done around. as fast as this, like Brian yeah, Kelly. They thing. can't fuck around. But that, I don't think you guys who, have to who worry. Who reported man. it, Sam? Uh, Pete Thamel, the same guy who reported the uh, wow. uh, Lincoln one. I, the only reason why I say that is it w- w- <laughs> blows me away because what are you, as Brian Kelly. Uh, besides going to the SEC, what are you gaining from doing that move? Because that is very lateral. I mean, Notre Dame's a, Notre Dame's a big, big job. LSU is a big, big job. So, but here, you're winning at Notre Dame. It's a. It is literally in the same vein as what just happened with OU and USC. Notre, because oh man, you look at it, Notre Dame is a. If you look at top tier programs, Notre Dame and OU are basically on the same tier, and then. You look at LSU, which is good right now is a step down from Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame has things cooking. I mean, they they're about to they finished their season eleven and one. I mean, they're going to be on the outside looking in unless something crazy happens for the playoff. But they're just coming off a year where they made the playoff. I mean, he has them going in the right direction, and then just go to a six win LSU team. It's 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 unreal. I mean, it's just it's. It's truly stunning. It's it's unbelievable. Well, how are you how are you guys measuring this this tier? Like, are you saying like who's winning now and who's not winning? You just have to or look. You're just th- talking about football programs and the status of these football programs. The status of the football program. That's it. Like history of the college and it, football. It, and I mean that plays into it. I mean the history so, of it. So you look at like Ohio so give State. Me top five teams, Sam. So it'd be Bama. It. it would be Bama, uh, Ohio State. Then three or four, you can, I think you can go interchangeable with three or four with OU. Somebody from Florida? No, no. You wouldn't even put Florida in the top no. five? I'm not saying Florida University. No, no, I'm no. But, like, but I mean, the only close – I mean, no, actually, I wouldn't. Um, but I would go uh, Bama, Ohio State. I'll put Notre Dame in there, then OU, and then Michigan. Those, I think, are the top – I think would be the top five blue bloods. So you don't think LSU would oh, crack that top I would put Miami over Florida. Miami has yeah, five national Miami, championships. Yeah. Oh, we're saying all. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. All, all, I'm saying all like time. all time. Yeah. So all. So time. you're saying like the the top five teams in college football all time, regardless of the situation, regardless yeah. if they're losing or not. OU, Notre Dame, uh, Bama. Who else did you say? I said. Uh, Ohio State, Man, Ohio okay. State and take, Michigan. Yeah. Take out. All right. You know what? Take out Michigan and put USC there. No, I like, Ooh, I like Michigan, I like Michigan better. Okay. Just because they're all time. But wins. then again, I mean, when you're really thinking about it, USC. I know they they had their championships canceled. You could put a tie. USC you could put a tie, or you USC's could you could say those those USC's are interesting. They, they're probably so six. six. Five, so Texas wouldn't be in the top six. They would be no. They would they'd probably be seven or eight. Yeah, I like that. If that, I went with a Florida school, and I actually would probably put Georgia right. I put Georgia not know. far after that. I believe you can lose your blue blood, you know, title, and I think Miami's lost that. I, I don't think they're even in the conversation anymore. I would definitely put. Oof. I mean that's because like Florida State. I mean they were up there for a long ass time of being. Yeah, and they had that. Ab- they had that streak of like years being in oh, the top the most, five. Maybe the most unbelievable streak of all time. Yeah. So let me. So Penn let me, State would be up there as well. I don't care about the. I don't there. care about the scandal. Yeah, they're up there. They're, they're that pro that history that program. Team. Yeah. Answer me this, Preston. By the time OU plays their first SEC game, do you think they would be a top ten ranked team? Do you think they can build it back up? Or are you worried that? They're going to go a couple years with 
mediocre records. Than- so much depends on the hire. I'm telling you right now, guys. I, I believe in the University of Oklahoma. I think we're going to be okay. But so much rides on this hire and getting the coaches and getting out there and recruiting because we're going to go one of two directions with this. It's either it's going to be business as usual, and I'm not saying the offense is going to be what we've seen in the years past, but I think there's something to say about a, t- a team getting a new coach and getting that new mentality back in there. Everyone's he just saying, has to keep – it has to be a great hire, but it also has to be able to keep – things steady the culture listen bob left the culture of the university of oklahoma perfect it was the culture that we were looking for as far as winning big 12 championships again and competing at the highest level we're getting our recruits everything was going according to plan and year by year we started to see that start to fall apart lincoln is known as soft lincoln is known as undisciplined um, not not uh, one of the things I could not believe they're saying like practices now even though you can't even see it anymore uh, because of Lincoln um, that they were going shoulder pads like once a week and when they were doing that they were in shorts and shoulder pads I, I'm telling you right now that's not how you win championships so it sounds like Lincoln Riley wasn't what you wanted for the culture of Oklahoma football that's what I said though yeah. I, I'm saying the way he left but he though, sold it he, he, he sold it perfectly yeah, as yeah, yeah. he crippled I mean he kind of fucked you guys over I get you crippled he fucked you guys over the but team. it's for the best I feel like at the end like of we're the day si- we're, as and we're it, it's okay here. to be pissed off now but it's it to me it's for the best like and, fuck Lincoln Riley let him go to USC let him make that fucking program soft and then you guys get the coach that you want to get and, and bring that OU spirit back to football. I mean, that, that's I mean, that's you. If you look long picture, yes. I mean, OU yeah. is going to be fine. Yeah, one hundred You know, yeah, big picture, they're going to be fine. And look, USC. There, no matter the. Unfortunately, Lincoln's going to Lincoln's going to do well at USC. He's going to recruit. He's going to. He's, oh, he's going to shut. Thrive. He's going to keep those. He's going to thrive. He's going to keep those California kids at USC. Um, he's going to deal with a soft conference that's even softer than the Big T- uh, Big Twelve. Yep. Um, Oregon is Oregon is going to be the biggest matchup. You know, we'll see what happens with Washington. They just hired that new coach from Fresno State. We'll see where he takes them. I mean, Washington is a really good job, actually. Um, but again, and they still have to deal with the best coaching staff in that conference, which is Utah. I mean, Utah is actually the anti-Riley kind of team. They're physical, they're big, and they punch you right in the mouth. Oh, I mean, Riley does not do anything like that. And another thing that they're going to have to deal with is he is the ultimate front runner. And if he shows, and if he cannot, he can't, like you mentioned earlier, he doesn't have that killer mentality to step on the throat. Um, so they're going to have to deal with that as well. But I'm, well, t- I'm telling you right now, the way he went about this, it goes, okay, I could stay at the University of Oklahoma, Go to the SEC and try to win the conference. Or I can go over here to the Pac-12 and play Oregon and Washington every year and win a Pac-12 championship and be in the playoff. Despite if they go eight teams, 12 teams, doesn't matter. I'm The Pac-12 will get into the playoff because I'm not going to have any competition. That's a, it's, He went the path of... Least you resistance. Did, you did the Kevin Durant move. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, Kevin Durant, Kevin the only Durant difference move. is he's going – Lincoln Riley is going to a four-win USC team. However – But it's USC. However, he knows exactly what he was doing. Link, or, uh, Kevin Durant 
told Oklahoma City, hey, I'm going to test out free agency. I don't know. I'm going to listen to pitches. I'm going to see what's up. Lincoln goes, hey, guys, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to carry this program to the you know the highest level. I love being here. All that. Psych. Psych. Out. <laughs> That's the difference. I mean, and when I'm complimenting Kevin Durant on this podcast, you know I'm upset about something. Yeah. Because he did Oklahoma City dirty. So dirty. And the Lincoln Riley. All I can think of is yesterday is that if Kevin Durant ever wanted to start the rehealing process, he would have tweeted out, you know what? Lincoln Riley really is a snake. <laughs> and that would have been right up his alley, too, to make some smart-ass comment like that. That would have been perfect for him. But. Well, let's bring this in. Okay, so Lincoln Riley's out. We know yep, that. He's out. So you two guys, give me your, your top three picks for who you would want to run the, the, the ham over at OU. Give me your top three. So I'll who would go, you be happy I'll with? I'll go three to one. Um, number three for me would be Shane Beamer. Um, Shane Beamer is a he. He just left OU uh, last uh, for this year. He took a two-loss South Carolina team and got them bowl eligible. Won two of those games with a grad assistant QB. The guy can recruit his ass off. He's East Coast. He's also possibly involved in the uh, Caleb uh, recruiting. So that's another voice in there. Now, he doesn't do anything specifically – I mean, he doesn't do anything specifically great. He's just a good coach, so he would have to take over that CEO position. So getting him a staff in place would be key. Um, Number two would be Luke Fickle, head coach of Cincinnati. The guy – he's the odds-on favor right now to be it. Um, The guy guy has just done nothing, but as long as he wins Saturday, he's going to take a group of five teams into the playoff. I mean, the dude can coach his ass off. He's a defensive coach, so that's good. Um, younger guy, I mean, he he just he checks all the boxes. Uh, number one for me would be Brent Venables. Um, he's got the o, he's got the OU uh, like he's you know a former coach at OU. He will get Bob's he will get his signature of approval in a heartbeat. He knows the culture. He's got multi he's got multi former players already campaigning to get him back there. Oh yeah, all the def- old defensive guys are he, all saying. Well, he's learned from Bob. He's learned from Dabo. You get him a good staff with his fiery the passion he's got, and I think going into SEC he would be a great hire. Pressure. Top three. That's a solid list. Um, obviously, I thought about this a lot today. It's funny that we're forty six minutes in to tonight's episode. We haven't even mentioned all the rumors about that. This already might be a done deal. Of who uh, OU is going to hire, and, and that is Brett Venables. Um, but yeah, three to one. <clears throat> three is Josh Heupel. Uh I wasn't. I was kind of on the fence about this, uh, just because we saw what he looked like as an offense coordinator. He was the first uh, coach to ever be fired by Bob Stoops. Uh, but it was time for a change, obviously, when he, when he was there. But I like what he's done. I mean, he's won some, uh, where he's gone. He's done some good things at Tennessee. Uh, the offense is starting to look really good. I agree with that. I, and he's the last quarterback to win a national title for OU. Uh, I think he'd be accepted in um, and just a guy that would say and do the right things for the university. So he's my number three. Uh, number two would be Brent Venables. Uh, I've always liked him. I thought he got a bad um, – you know, he got done wrong a little bit getting uh, leaving o- OU as the defensive coordinator. I know. I think even I was yelling. You know, bring Mark Stoops back. 
Um, but <laughs> obviously he's a great, great coach because even when we were upset with the defense, those there's some of those defenses were top 10 defenses, but we were pissed because they were breaking down when we needed them the, the most. Um, but overall, he checks the boxes. He's fiery. He's not going to have a soft-ass team. Yeah. Uh, I think he's perfect for the SEC. Um, and like you said, I mean, who? how many coaches can say they coached under or, yeah, they coached under Bob Stoops and Dabo Sweeney. I mean, that's that's an impressive re- resume right there. Where those are two guys who've absolutely changed the game of college football and and leaving it in a better position than when you know uh, than when they started. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number two. Number one, um, Joe Brady. I, I was calling for this the moment this all happened. I was thinking Joe Brady. He's LSU. And uh, he's, th- you know, he wins the national title, maybe the greatest offense of all time. He's 32 years old. I'm thinking, man, what a guy to bring in now. Bring him in young, just like they did Bud, just like they did S- Switzer, Bob, Lincoln. It's a young guy in there who's already has a, a little check on his resume yeah. as, as being a proven coach. He wants a head coaching job. Well, he's got the NFL pedigree right now because he, he's a Carolina Panthers yeah. OC. The, you know, rumors are saying that he might get fired from there, that they want him out. Well, the only – so I, I, it's a very intriguing list. Um, I'll start three. The only, the issue I have with Josh is that he's just too fucking bland. Um, so I, 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 not, I, I when it comes that. to recruiting, don't get me wrong, I actually thought – I was actually pretty impressed with how his offense was this year. I know we talked about it when the pod came up when Tennessee and Georgia played. I thought Tennessee could give Georgia some problems because that offense was humming. Now, granted, they played Georgia, and Georgia just kills everybody. But uh, he has that offense playing really well. Um, there's no doubt about that, and I just think he's going to keep that going at Tennessee. With Brady, the only thing I, – I would love that hire more than anything. I really would. It would be an incredible hire. The biggest problem I've heard with him is that he absolutely hates recruiting. And they have to get a dynamic recruiter in there. They have to get a guy who's ready to hit the floor running recruiting. And if if Brady's willing to do that, I'm all in on him being the uh, the new guy at OU. But if he's not, then we got you got to move on, man. You got to go with someone else. So I like I do like Brady. Uh, if that's a guy that they can get and he can show the willingness to go out and recruit and be a pretty head on recruiter. Then I'm all in on him. Yeah, that'd be it. But with that recruit, and it's just not one. I've heard that multiple times. So that's where the pause comes. If they can get past that, then yeah, Joe Brady at OU. I would. That'd be. The, it's like the chef's kiss. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think we're gonna find out quick because, like you said, I mean, if this Brian Kelly thing actually is true, um, Notre Dame now becomes the job, and now they now there is kind of a bidding. It's almost like who has – what's the sexier job? I'll tell you what's going to happen is Bob Stoops, which we haven't even got to mention yet, which I've got so much to say about Bob, is going to be the intern head coach for the bowl game, which never thought I'd see Bob Stoops coach at the University of Oklahoma again as, as the head coach. So that's very, very cool to see. But uh, Bob's going to go and win, win this bowl game and get the eye of everybody, kind of get that itch again to want to coach. He's going to go take Notre Dame. <laughs> 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 I 
It's oh the, my God, it's that the job, be, it's the job that everyone thought he was going to leave yeah. OU for. Well, which, he, in his book, he actually says it's Florida that he was the closest yeah. to ever leaving. But everyone thought it was going to be Notre Dame is who he left to go coach yeah. for. But that's interesting. It, it just timing. Look at these jobs, man. LSU, Notre Dame, Florida, USC, Oklahoma, all in the same year. I mean, this is like it's NCAA unreal. shit. I mean, this and here's is, the thing. And we haven't even touched on Florida's hire, which I love, Billy Napier. I think that's a great hire by them. I think LSU, I mean, why the the Brian Kelly hires, I think is a good one. I think Billy Napier, and they probably could have got him on the cheap or cheaper than Brian Kelly, would have been just as good a hire. But with Notre Dame, I hear you on the Bob Stoops thing, but Notre Dame is Notre Dame, and I guarantee you there's some kind of ruthless, just going to be just fucking pissed off mood. And their first call is going to be fucking Urban Meyer. I guarantee it. it has to be. It's going to be to Urban Meyer because Urban be. Urban's a former uh, Notre Dame employee. He knows that area well, and it's going to be his their first call. And I mean, with everything that's gone on in Jacksonville, uh, even though they've had some more, they've had some you know little bit successes of recent times. I mean, it just depends. And the and that's the difference between the NFL coach and, and a college coach. Is college coaches you're working. Seven days a week, I mean, 22 hours of the day. I mean, with recruiting and everything, you're working a ton. NFL, you're not working as much. So, you know, it depends on how he sees that. But if I'm Notre Dame, absolutely that's the first call I'm making is to Urban Meyer. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, now you have OU and Notre Dame open for business, uh, for coaching. And so with that job, I mean, that's Luke Fickle becomes a guy. Him or Matt Campbell become guys that get hard looks after that job. Let's uh, <clears throat> real quick. I, w- I just want to sum up the Lincoln stuff because once again, he was supposed to be the chosen one. He was he was the next guy up who's going to lead the program back to the promised lands and all that stuff. He, I mean, he was handed the perfect situation to succeed. Real quick, I'll, I'll let you finish. Uh, so uh, apparently, at that press conference, Lincoln said, "This is going to be the mecca of college football." Talk about USC. And Isaiah Thomas commented on there. He said told, he told us that last week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was sitting there reading that when uh, you guys were talking. Um, I know, Whoa. which is yeah. so much shade. They're start. They're they It is slowly starting to creep out more. These players are starting to go at him a lot more. That's why I'm so upset. I think he lost the locker room before. That's why I'm upset with Reform some of these. Yeah, and I think that's the, the disappointment. That's why. I'm, that's what. That's why I feel. I, the, I don't feel as bad for the administration. You know, fans, it sucks, and media, it doesn't matter. The players are the ones I feel the worst about because all season, and it's just a, it's a thing at a big school like this with these kind of coaches that this kind of stuff comes up. He just constantly told them, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here. You know, I'm not interested in anything else, and he just fucking hightails it out of there. That's why I'm disappointed in some of these guys who are wanting to transfer from OU now. I mean, you can't – that it goes back into it that – they came to as much as I love the University of Oklahoma and the football program. They came to play for Lincoln Riley. Now again, they just entered the transfer portal. This does not mean they they have gone anywhere. They can still definitely come back to OU. Just because you enter it doesn't mean you can't come back. Right. They're just putting it out there right now. They can totally, if the right hire comes, they can totally turn around and come back. I just I'm telling you right now, it's the the position that he's put the university in. It's it's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the coaches. Everything that – all the false promises, everything that he said 
It's just that's what I'm upset about. And the way he handled it is terrible, absolute garbage, leaving – you know, uh, Norman this morning at 5.30 in the morning. and All of them to, sneaking out of there. To sneak out, you know, where no one's looking kind of thing. And, and a two-minute conversation with your team. It's just that shows character right there. And you know what? If all these guys want to follow him to go play for someone like that, then go. Because I don't want you there if you're, if you're going to be able to jump ship that easy. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's the brotherhood. It's all the things that you, you – uh, it's what you make of it at the program that you're at. It's not the coach. It's not any of that shit. It's, it's what you make of your situation that you're at. And if you're going to rat tail it out of there just because – um, well, know, clearly, this, I mean, no, none of them also, too, have said they're going to USC. No, no, and I'm not even talking about that. Per se. I, and like you said, yes, they can come back and everything. That's why I think it's so important that we do make this coaching um, and quick. It has to be this week. time to get on the phone with these recruits. That's what I loved was Bob ended the press conference today when he was being uh, interviewed as the intern. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to recruit tonight. He was coming to Tulsa. He's, he's in Tulsa. To uh, re- um, talk with uh, Union and with, ho- with hopefully, hopefully Booker T, too. With well, he, he's talking with Jaden Rowe over at Tulsa Union, uh, yeah, the, safety, the safety. He's going to be a safety at OU. That dude is but built. But he plays cornerback for Union. He, he, he kind of does a little bit of everything. Well, but he's built, he's built like a yeah. – yeah, secondary. But, yes, he needs to go over to Booker T as well and talk to Gentry Williams. Yep. But, yes, he is going to hit the ground running recruiting, and it's just it's just for reassurances. Well, today's a, today's the first official day of uh, in-house recru- – or in, in-home recruiting. That's the dirtiest and thing that's about the yesterday. Part of it too, yep. Yesterday was actually day one of in-house recruiting. Was it, was actually, it was actually yesterday. Okay. It was yesterday, and he announced that yesterday. So he guts right. he guts the staff right. yesterday, yeah. Yeah. and OU has nobody to go out and hit the road on day one of talking to recruits. I mean, so that's another thing that it's almost in a way some of this stuff is calculated. Yeah. But again, just to, I mean to sum it all up, you know, at, at some point you just have to look at it and say it is what it is. He made he made his deal and he moved on. Um, Obviously, I hope he crashes and burns. It's not going to happen. Um, but if he does not, I will you say don't this: think it's if, happen? if he does not succeed at USC, he's fucked. Like he's big fucked. Like, what, what's succeeding? I mean, honestly, he's got to get the one. He's got to one. He's got to turn him into a fucking winner. They have been fucking awful for multiple seasons. Yeah, they've been yeah, very mediocre. But, but, but what I'm saying is, he like, needs to win. He needs to get back to winning Pac-12 championships. He needs to get to the playoffs. He needs to be competing for national titles. He has to get USC back to that. So he can success like he has to be doing Riley what he was doing. OU. He can just. He can just win Pac-12 championships like he doesn't have to win a national championship. No, like Sam just said, just being I do, consistent it, no, they, with winning. You got to take one step. I mean, it's hard. Not everyone's Bob Stoops. You don't go from, uh, you know, your first year going a little above five hundred. What seven and five? Right, first year. He, yes, they went seven and five. Yeah. Seven and five first year national championship the second year. Not many coaches do that. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, but Lincoln is. I mean, again, with this with USC, obviously they have high aspirations. But the first step is one Pac-12 championship. It's going to be the Pac-12 championship's got to be the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, the thing about the Pac-12 is too is that this is a conference that cannot fight against getting this playoff expansion. They they uh, that whole alliance thing that came out they against the SEC or whatever after OU and Texas went. They have to be full steady about this. 
because that's been one of the that's been the main conference that has fucked themselves out of getting into the playoff. That's a good point. One because they beat the shit out of each other, and no dominant team can be that. But two, you got it. You just have to. You have to go with the landscape. You have to see it. You've made these changes, and now you have to go with it. I mean, here's the thing: because you want, and it's only going to help your conference. I mean, it's only going to want to make these programs better if you can get multiple teams in there. That being said, Pac-12 championship, looking to get in the playoff, and obviously get a year where you can compete for a national title. Um, I mean, basically, he's going to have to do being successful at USC is exactly what he was doing at OU. So, yeah, we'll see. If he does not do that, then he will he'll be tagged as damaged goods. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's got a few years to kind of show i guess college football he can win other places too um but yeah he's got to get it going quick because especially the money all the stuff they're giving him i'm thinking if i'm giving someone a private jet yeah they better be if i'm writing a check for 110 million yeah uh you better be coming to play conference championship second year period i mean and it's it honestly it should not be that hard the talent that comes through california and if you can keep that in house obviously we've said like i have alluded to numerous times in this podcast is OU had the number one recruiting class in 2023 well guess what a big part of that about four or five of those guys all california guys those guys are going to usc period there's not even a doubt. They're gone from OU. Write them off. Done. Whatever. They're going to USC. Those guys are going to be able to get right in there and produce in what Lincoln's office. Lincoln's office is going to show out in the Pac-12. Obviously, we see Washington State can throw for 500 yards a game in that conference. Lincoln's going to light up that conference is, offensive. It's just whether they can put it all together, play play defense, get those defensive guys back in, and then go be in Ohio State. Go be uh, Georgia, Bama. Uh, year in and year out to where you're competing and hopefully you know you put it all together one year go win a natty uh hold on i want to take a look at something real quick i want to see because obviously some of these schedules uh are set ahead of time i want to see who usc has set future there we go future schedules let's see who non-conference schedule so for next year There's so oh man. There's it's it's crazy. And I'm so back for 2022, uh, they're gonna have so 2022 they're gonna have Rice, Fresno State, Notre Dame. Eh, now we'll see what happens with Notre Dame. 2023 they got Nevada, Notre Dame, BYU. Eh, 2024 LSU opening up the season in 2024. Then in 25 they get Ole Miss and Notre Dame. 26, they get Ole Miss and Notre Dame again in Fresno State. So they have kind of a pretty weak setup in the future uh, schedule. So I think it's pretty lucky that they uh, – because I, I don't know if they reschedule that or how that works, but wasn't Bama supposed to play USC last year? But COVID? Yes, COVID, yeah, really, so, yeah. He, you know, he didn't want none of that SEC, which I guess I guess in his thought he's only going to have to see an SEC team once a year. Uh, well, if they make the playoffs, then he'll see it. But that's what I mean. So I mean, I, I know those. USC has on, been. But. I will say, give the, the just for the USC historically, they've done pretty well about non-conference schedules. So I gotta imagine they'll probably spice it up a little bit. But uh, no, I mean, honestly, outside of Washington, uh, Oregon, and then Utah, I mean, that's gonna be his biggest competition in uh, the Pac-12, which. 
are all things that USC should be able to overcome. Yep. Real quick, let's go final thoughts on Lincoln. Antoine, you want to start? I just think, you know, like I've been, you know, alluding to the whole podcast, I just feel like you guys are better off without him. Come you know, a puss boy. Huh? Come a puss boy. He is a puss boy. He's a bitch. <laughs> there we he, go. He's, a, he's, a, he's the Kevin Durant of college football. And, you know. His first endorsement. Oh, great. Oh. I kill him. I, I, I don't want to talk about OJ. Um, Backstabbers run together. Right. 100%. <laughs> but, no, like, I just, think, I just think you guys are better off. I feel like Lincoln – you guys appreciated the fact. I think, you know, you guys have more respect for Bob Stoops, for Lincoln Riley, because he came up under Bob Stoops, and Bob Stoops saw something in him. So you guys wanted to give him that chance. And you know he's a solid coach, and, you know, having this big of a change for OU isn't really the thing. It's not something that's common. It's not something that happens. But I feel like you guys are better off without this soft-ass dude running your team. Like you said, OU football is, is tough. It's gritty. It's about having passion. You're playing for the you know for what's on the front of your jersey and not just what's on the back of your jersey. So I don't feel like under Lincoln Riley, OU football was doing all of these things. He was doing good enough to not get fired and to look like he was, you know, actually giving a fuck about what he was doing. But in reality, bro, he never won the fucking game, the big game. The big game. He never was able to take this team to a whole nother level. There will be times and flashes where Lincoln Riley, you'll see OU, and OU will come out and bust somebody's ass, and then the next week they're looking like fucking dog shit. You know what I mean? It's just all of this, like I said, he was 0-3 in the college football playoffs, and to me that fucking matters. To me, that, to me that's saying like – you can get there, but can you get the fucking job done? Nick Saban wouldn't be considered the greatest college football coach of all time, or you know, in that in that you know, mentioned in that that oh, realm of he, goat. He is, but but he wouldn't be considered that if he wasn't what winning championships, bro. That's what fucking matters. Not winning fucking uh, Big Twelve championships, winning national college football championship fucking matters. Yeah. Point blank. Period. I agree with that. And then in OU, at OU, the two biggest games of the year. Texas and OSU, you gotta go out there and you gotta get the fucking victory. Yeah, you're the top. You're the you're the number one team in Big Twelve, and you're getting ready to move to SEC. And he just, I just feel like he shriveled up. Like he realized he couldn't go to SEC and look good. I just feel like he he knew what was coming, and the best thing for him to do was take the money and fucking run because now you guys can possibly get a coach that can actually go and handle and handle the SEC the way you want him to. You don't want this soft ass shit. And if you tell me I'm lying, I'll shut up right now. Mm, no. But I know you guys, mm. and I know how passionate you are about your football team. And like I said, this OU team is the biggest sports team in Oklahoma. Yeah. And you want them to go to the SEC and look like a top three team, not look like, not be one of the top team, not be the top team in the small pond and then go to the big pond and fucking get back into a corner. That's not what you want to see. So right. I just feel like for Lincoln Riley and for you guys, for, for you guys, it's the best-case scenario. For Lincoln Riley, it's the best-case scenario. He has a time, chance to go over there and, you know, be in the – not as good. Big, big fish in a small pond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Fair? Fair? Sam? Uh, I mean, honestly, I touched on it all. I, I've really got nothing else to say about him. I mean, I thought it was snake behavior. You know, he's – he – it's you know it is what it is you know 
He he did it. He moved on. Uh, you know, good. I mean, at this point right now, it, it just say good riddance and yep. just hopefully, you know, see just support the next hire as much as you can. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Basically, I mean, since I've been alive and really followed college football, I've basically known two coaches, <laughs> and that's Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. And you really don't know how good you got it until something like this happens because Bob Stoops, you know, we had called it for years because same kind of thing as Antoine alluded to was big game Bob could get us there but just could not get over that hump of winning it all. We didn't know what it was because we had teams that could do it and just never really lived up to the uh, the hype. I mean, Bob should have been Saban before Saban. I mean, period. That He was in the big games. He could have done it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately just didn't work out. But Bob, I mean, he said it perfectly. Bob is a program guy. When they called Bob to ask him if he would um, coach the bowl game, he said, whatever I can do to help. That's a guy that I want to go to war with. That's a guy who I was hoping Lincoln Riley was going to be because he was given everything that he needed to succeed. I mean, if that – I look, go back to the Baker team which, against Georgia. If that team can't win it all, I, I just don't know what can. I mean, that team was absolutely littered with NFL talent and uh, had everything they needed to win, just could not get it done. I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, once again, obviously very – ill feelings towards Lincoln right now. I hate that because I like him as the guy, you know, as a, as a person. And, the, you know, he said a lot of the right things uh, or he kept his mouth shut. So he wasn't – he never did anything to disgrace the university. And, uh, I mean, that's really all you can ask for. I thought we were going to get more from him, but it didn't happen. So go to USC, do what you can. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to change for you to win there, though. Because you couldn't do it with all this talent that you had here. Good luck in L.A. And, um, you know, hopefully the university can find a, a guy who's going to dig in the trenches and go to war and get those recruits back and let's go win a natty. I will say, I guess my final thought on his is that, and I've seen this from multiple people, I, I tend to kind of agree, if you can't win it at Oklahoma, outside of probably Alabama or Ohio State, I mean, good luck anywhere else. Basically, the only other job that I could think of that was set up the way OU was when Lincoln took over would be like if Saban retired at the end of this year and gave it to someone else and was like, all right, drive the ship. Like Kiffin? Yeah, if him handing it over to Kiffin would have been... I mean, that's the only other job that was set up anywhere close to what OU was. Well, Ohio State did this with Ryan Day. Yeah, that's that's similar. that that's a similar thing. Similar, that's very yeah. similar. Um, you know, Ohio State's shown that they can to win in the playoffs and stuff like that. So I will give you that. But it's just like that just shows you. I mean, you can name two schools that were was yeah. anywhere close to what Lincoln was given. Um, it just sucks today. You know, yesterday was a dark day uh, to find all this information out. But there are many. Uh, Brighter days ahead, I know, for the university. and It was uh, a kick in the dick. Um, I am excited to hear who we, who we, uh, who we hire because they got to get on it quick. But Well, I think uh, this is a perfect transition into talking about Lincoln's 
final game at OU. Oh, was there a game this weekend too? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> let me tell you, there was if there was a game or not. Well, let me tell you because I have very strong feelings about this game. So <laughs> let's let Antoine start things off because he's about the closest thing to an OSU fan we have on this podcast. And I would like you, you watched the game, didn't you? I watched. I watched a little bit. A little bit. I was with family, but I watched. I watched uh, most of the fourth quarter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and let me say this, because I know where you guys are going to go. So let me eight mile you motherfuckers real quick, because I know what you're going to talk I'll, about. I'll, that, I'll Look, preface that part at the end. I'll tell you where it you really. You guys is. didn't have calls that went your way. Like, there's no doubt about it. Especially at the end of the game, it was a fucking pass interference. I'm going to say that right now. It really was. But at the end of the day, you also have to own up to your own mistakes. Right. Yeah. Right? And if it wasn't for that fucking muff punt, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Right. That's part of it. It wouldn't have fucking mattered if it was a pass interference or not. So, but now that I now that I understand everything that's going on with Lincoln Riley, like, first, their offense came back, which was pretty cool. In the first half. In the first half, their offense came yeah. back. Yeah, the second half, shit kind of tightened up a little bit. I was not expecting OSU to go blow for blow with OU. How- and now, granted, I think OSU had some big defensive plays that helped the situation. They also had a kick, kick return, return touchdown, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I understand where you guys are coming from, and I understand you're upset about you know some of the calls, but OSU just played a good game too, bro. So, you got to give them their credit. As, as much as it sucks to say, they, they played a good game. Their defense wasn't elite like it's been all year. No. But they crunched down when they needed to and they got the fucking job done. Um but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> OSU got that victory. So that's that's what I'm happy. Oh, and speaking, since we're talking about it, uh we all bet we all had a bet um you know if OSU won you guys were going to have to shotgun a beer on the podcast. So before you guys get into your talk about OU OSU, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, witness my uh, reward. Right. So if you guys want to crack one open, you know, yeah, get up, get your old asses up, knees cracking. That wasn't the, that wasn't the beer. That was the knees. If you heard any cracking, you record this. I guess I could record it. I don't know if I can get both of y'all in the frame with Philly thick neck ass. I don't know. <laughs> Preston, why are you looking like a rookie, man? Are you guys doing it over there by the sink? Huh? I've got that problem going too deep. I'm sorry. You're going too deep? <laughs> Nobody's ever said that to you. So. Can you guys? Can you guys do that? Where I can get. Yeah, just let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. I was born. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. The podcast needs to see this. So you guys aren't going to face, you're just going to do it over the sink? Okay. Like a bunch of rookie bitches? Preston, Preston has wipes. Give me, give me another beer. Because <laughs> I got too big a hole in that fucking can. I'm trying to make a mess. <laughs> Good God, Philly. Philly's a rookie. He doesn't know what he's doing. When it comes to shotgun and he's... Pretty much a virgin. Did you do it again, Philly? No. Oh, okay. This will be up on our Instagram if you guys want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at your mom's favorite threesome. We'll have this video up for you. You ready? You ready? Get to it. 
There we go. Philly got the side tilt. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, boys. Philly, I'll bet you there's a bunch of beer in there. <laughs> I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of y'all. But yeah, I know they're about to come back. Talk their mess. How you feeling, man? I feel good. I feel, feel good. good? I, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is our first podcast that we're drinking outside of shotguns. I know. We've all had a drink. We've all been drinking this entire time, too, because I think uh, everyone's just... Had a lot know, to get off their chest. A lot, lot to say yeah, today, this was, so. uh, Hold on, hold on, Philly. How are you feeling? I how, was that, how was that shotgun? By this the way, is this is Philly's second, second shotgun. <laughs> so... Philly no, walked in the door and was like, I need a I beer. beer. <laughs> Talking about Lincoln today. He's had a so. rough weekend, rough, so we rough couple days. Yeah, so. He shotgunned the first one. So, All right, well, I'm going to go first on this. Hey, real quick, I want to say one thing real quick before that. So, like we alluded to earlier, uh, Jordan Hazelwood um, announced that you know he's transferring. This is what absolutely kills me, okay? is His letter says, it was a childhood dream of mine to be a Sooner, and I'm blessed to have been able to uh, live that out. Okay, that, that's his statement. That's where I've got a problem because – you okay over there? <coughs> Dear God. Okay, sorry. That's where I have a problem is your dream is to be a Sooner. So because a coach leaves, you're just done with the program? Again, here's my thing. And this, this goes back into it. He says this and he's entering the portal. He can come back, but he puts it in – he's just putting himself out there in the at portal. The end of the, at the end of the statement, he says – I look forward to building on that next season in a new program. He can come back to OU. He that's, could come back. Yeah. He's not planning on coming back. No. I, but mean, I mean, that's, that's but, my point is what Lincoln has done to this program is just unfreaking believable. I mean, I just cannot believe that everything, the culture is absolutely falling apart. That's fine. Go build your new culture. Get guys in there who want to you know, play three, four years here. And let's get back to work because that's just bullshit but, to me. But you also like, have to understand. It's that soft-ass shit. You guys are literally going to go through a little bit of a rebuilding <laughs> a rebuilding. Uh, you know, process. stay on the field. So Hurt I don't think of these, these players who are trying to go to the NFL, especially if they're five four-star recruits, I don't think they're trying to come into a rebuilding type situation. Here's they the want to get on the field. They want to play. They want to show why they belong in the NFL. And, you know, that's what it is. So it's unfortunate. Be- Again, it goes to that point where kids don't – and it, this is all over college football. They don't come – they come to play for a, co- a coach. And you look at – most of these guys are offensive guys that are leaving. They, they come to play for Lincoln. It's They can enjoy the time at OU, but they came to play for Lincoln. And you're also talking about a couple – you're talking about someone in Jaden Hazelwood who's had injury issues – I know for the last year, I know he. there was talked about him possibly in the portal even when Lincoln was here. Um, it, it could be a guy who might just be looking for a fresh start, honestly. And if he is, he is. I, I can't blame him. I can't get mad at him. So it is what it is. Soft. Soft. Okay. Go ahead. Go talk about Bedlam. Oh, yeah, baby. Tutty? Is that a Tutty? No. But that's oh, a good catch. He even cut. All right. Here we go. Um. Let's just uh, let's cut into let's cut into bedlam. Uh, my take on it is starting off. Uh, 
and it's funny because as we talk about him having one foot, I thought he had the best game plan he's had uh, offensively in some time, uh, using underneath stuff, uh, giving Kennedy the ball more. Been calling for it all season. Uh, yep. You know, using the H backs and uh, tight ends a lot more. Stogner is alive. You know, people. He, uh, Stogner is alive. So, I mean, he made some big plays. Um, Love that sound. The and it. They took advantage of OSU going man-to-man. That man-to-man coverage that they had uh, gave OSU secondary problems. That's why you saw so many. Uh, you saw so much holding, pass interference. It gave them issues. Now the second half happened. And I'll touch on something here in a little bit. The second half happened. The biggest issue was that OU's offense could not figure out, again, a team doing – Umbrella-like coverage on them. Rush three, drop eight. Exactly. Doing exactly what Iowa State did to them the week the week before. I mean, it's just unfucking real You're supposed to be this offensive mastermind, and you cannot figure this shit out. It's so fucking frustrating. And anybody who has a, a brain in the uh, Pac-12 is going to figure this shit out, too. And he's fucked. But that, to me, is the, that's the biggest reason why OU lost. You have a nine-point lead going to the fourth quarter, and your offense, again, could not figure this out. The offensive line, they did okay. I, I've never been big on this offensive line all year. Um, they got pummeled pretty bad in that se- They got pummeled pretty bad in the second half uh, against the uh, pass rush by OSU. Um it, it you know the defense played well enough. If you would have looked at the, if you I would have looked at that. Uh, if I just would have looked at the uh, stats, the box score, OU had almost 100 yards more of offense. They held OSU I think like 350. Um, you know, if you know they saying the defense got a safety and got two picks uh, and got three turnovers. I probably told you OU would have won the game, but. You know, unfortunately, the OSU just or the OU offense just could not figure it out and help them out. And of course, you know, little things changed. Uh, Key Lawrence had an easy pick six that he could have taken. Didn't happen. It is what it is. He's a defensive back. You know, whatever. Hands of stone. Yeah, that's why they play defense. But that to me is the biggest reason why OU lost. It wasn't. Uh, the missed calls did play a part, uh, a, a small uh, part into it. But as you've always heard coaches say, you just cannot leave these kind of games up into the referees' hands. And so they, you know, it, they just could not. If they, you know, get that pick six, or if they add another touchdown, you know, things are different. But it didn't go that way. Um, I thought Caleb played his ass off. Uh, I still thought he had some issues uh, reading the field, but he's also running f- running for his life most of the night in the backfield. Caleb's um, a baller, though, bro. He, if um, he stays with you guys, you have to be happy with that. I'll say this. It's and it's all it's just a little bit selfish because you know he got out of bounds and everything. There's also a part of me that wish he would have made another cut on that set, that defensive back that pushed him out. I know. If he could have found a way just a, a few yards ahead of time just to cut cut left and cut back up field. Who knows? But he's a, bro, he's his, a freshman, his aware, I know. His awareness is going to get better the more games he plays, you know, the more experience he has. His awareness is going to be off the charts. I'm just saying, but to Kyler play Murray the way he's been playing that. now, 
fucking Kyler Murray. Caleb, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. If Caleb, I mean, Caleb did the smart play going out of bounds. You oh, saved no. clock. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. For that. I mean, Caleb. Honestly, if this was like three minutes left in the game, I think Caleb's cutting it upfield, and I think he. He might take it in the score. Yeah, but he looked gassed, man. Well, he's he running. He's running for his gassed. life. The if offensive, the center, I, the the center change was a big problem that second half. The guy played center the whole game, but his snaps were just fucking awful. He wasted. They wasted a possession, especially a second down on uh, him snapping it right off Caleb when Caleb wasn't even paying attention, and he had to throw it out of bounds to get rid of it. It's just a lot of things that offense just didn't do well again. And that kind of game, up nine, why aren't you leaning on your senior running back who has been running over them? He's averaging 6.6 6 yards a carry, running all over this deep, this really great OSU defense. Um, but they played undisciplined, too many penalties. Um, it's always the little things. Man. It's always the little things. Undisciplined? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, they weird. And you don't hear that about a Lincoln Riley team. Hmm. <laughs> the shade. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, granted, look, they get that pass interference. They get a 15 yarder. It goes to the nine. I like OU's chances. No, it was in the end zone. It would have been at the one. Well, it, if it, if it's that, it's been at the two. Either, either way, I would like OU's chances a lot more if they get that call. Um, the biggest problem I had with that, it's not like it was a spot where only one one guy. It's not a spot where only one guy is like looking at that play. You had three officials looking at it, and not not any of them threw a flag, and it was just so fucking blatant. But again, I I you don't live you don't leave it in officials' hands. So, all right, is that you? That's you me. Can I talk? Oh, uh, I've been sitting here listening to you go. Okay, you're so, so about Lincoln Riley. All right. I have a little bit harsher of a take. Than oh, that. shit. Let me say back. But let me start off by first saying. Drink, drink, take a sip first. <laughs> take a sip first. Cheers, first. boys. Cheers. <laughs> Clear that throat. Pause, All right. Pause. Pause. First, I want to <laughs> say that this isn't towards OSU, it's not towards. The fans, the players, the team, anything like that. They went out there and they competed the entire game. This game could have got away from them, but they adjusted, they made plays, and they won the game. Okay? So I want to put that out there first. Let me say this as nicely as I possibly can. The Big 12 did not want OU to win this football game, period. There's been all sorts of skeptics the entire season about what kind of treatment OU is going to receive from the rest the entire season because of them going to the SEC. There was some type of communication about how this game was going to be called, period. If you don't believe me, go go rewatch the game. I've already done it. As painful as it was, rewatched. Okay? What I'm trying to say is in the biggest moments of the game, the refs swallowed the whistle. There were so many things that happened on the field that there's just no excuse for. I have, in all my years of watching college football, I have never seen a personal foul called. Same. And I then agree reversed. With that. And they picked up the flag. It's the up. most unfucking believable thing 
I think I've ever fucking seen. Was well, a judgment call, and you you made a judgment. You called the called it, which it was a personal foul. If you're gonna call, I mean, he, yeah, it was a foul, right? It was right rightfully called, and then you get together with the other rest and you discuss it and you pick it up. Bullshit, absolute bullshit. That's number one. Okay, Jaden Hazelwood in in the end zone. Held so bad. There's another camera angle that showed it from the backside, mm-hmm. and the guy's literally got his arm completely around him in the end zone. Incomplete pass. Would have had it at the one. Okay, that was the first. That was the first defensive one. Um. Oh man, what was it? What was the other one I want to say? Well, of course, all, it, despite everything, despite everything happened, all the thing, all the ways that oh, you could have put it away. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the to right there at the end, a perfectly thrown ball into the end zone to Brandon Willis, and pass interference like I've not seen in a very very long time. I thought it was so obvious. I was like. Oh, I guess they just threw the flag like out of the the screen where you can't see it or something. I just kept waiting for the the flag to show up on the screen. Well, the defensive back looked like he was he ready knew for he the was flag. guilty. He knew he held. Yeah. I mean, there's not even a doubt. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't think OU scoring from the one yard line on four plays, you're just out of your mind. You're out of your mind with a quarterback that can run. Something's going to happen there, right? And let's say they let's even say <laughs> that's let's, let's even say that they, um, you know, I just I want an opportunity. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not saying we win the game. I'm saying I just want the fair opportunity because it was absolute bullshit what happened there. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying they they would they. It would have been. It's tough to argue. The percentages lie a lot on. Oh, you probably would have scored. From the nine or in at the two, wherever it would have been placed, they would have probably scored. But I'm not saying they. I'm that defense is really good about with OSU. They are no, really good. good, so they they could have stopped them. But I'm just the percentages would have been more in OU's the point favor. Is we're supposed to have the ball there. Period. Doesn't matter. The fact that it's happened once in the end zone didn't get called. It happened a second time didn't get called. I'm just telling you guys, there's something bigger here, and it's now going to be overlooked because of the Lincoln Riley thing. It's bullshit. Big 12 did not want OU to win this game because they knew if OU won this game, if they got OSU again next week in Jerry's world, that they were going to probably take care of business there. We already know that OU is going to fill the stadium, you know, 5-1 to one on, an OS, on OSU fans. And it wouldn't even be close. This so, is conspiracy pod now. I'm, I, look, I, anyone who knows me, anyone I talk to, I try my best not to bring officiating into it. I could have brought it in against Baylor, but that happened in the third quarter and the pass interference call that Spencer should have gotten that didn't happen. Could have changed that entire game around. Oh, yeah, that call, yeah. But chose to look the other way because we still could have won that game. It was our own fault. We kept shooting ourselves in the foot, and that's what happened in this game. OU got up by nine. Like you said, Key Lawrence picks that ball. It's 16. It's I mean, 16 it's tough. tough. It's 16 or, I don't know. The offense could score one fucking offensive touchdown in the second half, and they probably win this game. Again, that was a that was a smart move by Jim Knowles and no, Owen, beautiful Owen, call. I mean, beautiful call because they knew that that was that kind of coverage is going to confuse one Riley and Caleb. So OU might have scored fifty on OSU had they not done that because they were winning those one on one battles. 
they, I, they were giving the corners a lot of problems. A lot of problems. A lot and of problems. Was, and what happens is what we've been talking about is they were taking the short stuff. You take the short stuff, people start cheating up. It opens other avenues. It's not a coincidence that a fullback and two tight ends led the team in receiving. I also find that to be a big problem. Well, you take what the off, or you take what the defense gives you. Right, no, I, but I'm saying that is the re, with the receivers too. Well, no, I mean we've all talked about. It. I heard. Okay, so uh, a, a local radio guy was sitting there talking about it today. He's sitting in the press box. He said, "You would not believe how many times." that he would watch um, Caleb Williams drop back and have receivers wide open, and he just didn't get to him quick enough. Guys were getting open, and that's what I've talked about all season long, well, at least since he took over, really even with Spencer, to be honest. I've been like, man, I just want to see a different camera angle because I'm thinking you've got all these all this talent out there running routes. Are these guys just not getting open? And clearly this is not the first time I heard that, that guys were getting open. The quarterbacks were just finding them too late. Yeah, well, he. I mean, it was proven and it's shown in other games that he was struggling to see the field. But you know, I mean, again, it was you know credit to OSU. They made the they made that adjustment, and they just happened. They just made the few plays. I mean, that muff punt sucked. Again, I I don't know. Oh, OU special teams has been terrible these three games. The decision to change uh, Gray. For, or go from Marvin Mims to Eric Gray, which I like Eric Gray, but Marvin Mims has been the kick returner all game, all year. Why to go to him? I have no idea. And look what happened. You know, and, I mean, and the press, but I also too. It almost I don't I don't know if it's changed because I've seen it happen unfortunately more. When has it been okay for? Any kick return or punt return to field a ball inside the five fucking yard line. And OSU and OU both did it. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. They both did I don't it, understand and they it. both muffed punts. Yeah. I mean, that it's just stupid. It makes no sense. Plant I've all, I've always heard, and I know game changes stuff. I always heard plant your feet at the ten. Plant your feet at the ten, ball goes over you yeah. is what it is. You just gotta live with that kind of deal. And I would like our chances a lot better with Caleb Williams at the one. And hopefully getting away, you know, even if you're going to punt, give them good field position, which, by the way, punters has been absolutely amazing. I mean, I know we're a uh, Ariza podcast, yep. but, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you punters. Ariza for Heisman. Oh, no, no. Ariza for Heisman? Yeah, the Ariza, yeah. I mean, I will say, I think he had an off weekend. I mean, at one point, he was at like 46 yards punting. I mean, that's pretty pedestrian. I, I hate when your first punt's 61 yards. <laughs> but, no, anyway, I, I just I'm telling you right now, it was a such a terrible called football game. I, I I haven't seen one like this. I've not felt as cheated in a football game like this one as uh, since OU Oregon, where literally we get up with the football after an onside kick and they give the ball to Oregon. I, I I've just never seen anything like it. I will say, yeah, that that's the the calls a bit were the worst I've seen. And I get it. Take care of business. Oregon, but, it doesn't matter. I yeah. understand that. I, but I'm telling you, when you're playing against a great football team, and I, I'll put OSU in that category now. They are a great football team. They took care of business. Somehow they found their way into the Big 12 championship because I did not think they would be here. But they got the job done. But when you're playing a great football team in the refs, I'm, I'm telling you, you're not going to win. So I, I think there's a higher power that was something was done here. I'm not saying it was completely like, hey, call everything against OU. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this game was t- 
told to be called a certain way, and it was completely blatant. And I, I mean, look and go read Twitter. Look at all these these people that are very respected in the industry of sports, and they're saying this very similar things. Could not believe what they had seen. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. So, because I, I would hate. Why would the Big 12 like OU to go win the Big 12 this year and then sail off into the sunset and go to the SEC? That would be terrible for the brand. No, they're like, nah. Are they going next year to the SEC? No, it's not going to be. It, 2023 is the year that – That's the year the, the contract the, ends. No, the, the contract ends in 25. 20, 23 is the year that they have I'll been projecting. I, now I'm they would have to I have a massive gonna, buyout too. Now I'll say this, and I, mentioned, I should mention earlier, depending on how things go, OU might want to go ahead and consider just riding out to 25. I don't think it really comes down to that. I think. I mean, really I think they should do that. Yeah. See, I think they should do that to get themselves time to rebuild. Yeah. Dude, you're going to the SEC, man. Like. Yeah. No, I, college football, I understand. That's the best college. I still think at this point, I think it still happens next year. I think OU and Texas are still going to the SEC next year. I think it's a done no, deal. I, I, think think tw- so. I think. I think. Early I think early it's going to be 23. This, I, think I think 23 would be early. Maybe they would have no, thought I, about it, but I think that well, Lincoln's now that he's gone. At this point, I think it's almost, almost in a sense, out of their control a little bit. To where the the wheels are already moving. I think they're keeping a lot of it close. I think it was already a done deal that Texas and them worked out where ESPN is going to buy out, buy them out, and spend all that money because there's so much money to be made for them in the in the SEC. I, I think it's coming, but we'll, you know, we'll I see. like I said, I think it's 23. Yeah. Um, I think both teams need to hope it actually should, if the earliest 23 because going into next year, without things are going at OU right now, and it, Texas didn't eat, Texas didn't even have this. Exodus like what happened with OU and they were shit this year, so they need a year to get try to get a little bit better. But at the same time, I think twenty three would be the year. I would not be mad at OU if you know get fi- things figured out and trying to weather storms if they decide to ride it out to twenty five. But I think twenty three will be the year is when they go into the uh, SEC. With all that being said, congrats to OSU. I yep, mean, it's you been, won. You know, we'll obviously break that game down on Thursday. OSU and Baylor, I mean, it should be a pretty good game. Obviously, OSU got him the first time. Uh, is, do you have an update on the quarterback for Baylor? I don't, even I don't know. know. I mean, I haven't heard anything. I'll look more into it. Yeah, uh, I mean, that shaping kid did not but... play bad for uh, Baylor, but, I mean, you know, it's a different animal, uh, with, uh, with at least with the legs of Jerry Bohannon. Um, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh you know, it's going to be a big game. I mean, it's play. It is literally a playoff game. It's a playoff, like it's almost like a bubble playoff game for OSU. Yeah, I mean, obviously they. Yeah, I mean, they need a couple things to go their way because Bama, like I've predicted all season, is going to beat Georgia on Saturday. Not happening. And I would almost guarantee whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I, I sense a, a shotgun bet. I'll 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 shotgun it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Georgia, 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 Georgia. No, it's between you two. Not yeah, me. that's I'm fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take the shotgun. Georgia's, yeah. Georgia's stopping. Two? I don't care. Have Have they released a line for this? I haven't even seen yet. It's, I mean, the way if you watch Alabama and you watch Georgia, you just watch the way one has been focused and the other. No way in hell. But I I give honestly, I'll give Saban respect and give him a five percent chance. George is beating them. Let I me mean, ask you a question. If OSU goes out and beat Baylor, respect on Georgia, the name, beats, Sam. Georgia beats Bama or Bama beats Georgia, do you see uh, OSU sneaking into the top four? Oh, no, no, no. I'll say this. Georgia wins. OSU wins. Michigan wins. Cincinnati wins. There's your four teams right there. Damn, That's your four right there. Dope. 
They'll bump. I will say this. Go Poles. They will put. They'll put Cincy at four. They'll bump OSU to three. It'll have Michigan, Ooh. Michigan, OSU, Georgia, Cincy. So Notre Dame's out no matter what. I agree. Uh, yeah. Who's? I mean, who's Notre Dame beating this year? Uh, I mean. Yeah, no, I, Notre Dame's out. I mean, it would have helped to get it if, like, last year they were in the ACC and played for the ACC title. What is Baylor ranked right now, number eight? Eight, yep. yep. But that's probably going to go up by the time they play, or is that just? Uh, no, well, Baylor's, not, Baylor's got two losses. They're not getting it no matter what. No, well, no, 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 I'm just saying they're ranked. It doesn't matter. You want you, you want matter. them to just stay in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. as long as they're yeah. in the top ten, yeah. OSU yeah. goes out wins. Yeah. If Georgia beats Bama, yeah. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Yeah. So I probably would have bumped that up to ten. I mean, Sam, I'm just telling you, dude. Hey, I'm just saying. We, you can, I, I just don't know. I just – it's just hard for me to – anybody who has watched Alabama the last two weeks – Guess and what? said, "Hey, I watched I watched Auburn's defense line absolutely eat Alabama's O line. They looked until bad. it mattered most, and then they didn't do anything. And yeah, here's the thing: Georgia's not going to make that. Georgia's not going to let that yeah, be bro, that close we, of a game. We've talked about all pot like all all the last six episodes how dominant Georgia was. No, they have been. I but can't believe they they have, they over put, here with I've that. said it all season that this was going to happen. You, I mean, you might as well stick with it. Yeah, don't no, change I, from I'm it. Not yeah, you're not changing it. Right, but Georgia, right, but Georgia's be, winning Bama the SEC title. Georgia right. on, on a shot, Saturday, a shot on the piece? Huh? Yeah, that's and fine. That's fine. Like every, what we doing? Every five points? We'll do ten. Every ten points a shotgun? Yeah. All right, done. That's fair. All right. Yeah, no. That's the point spread anyway. What's the point spread? Six and a half. No, I just – No. I this is the this is by far out of the last year's the worst Bama team. Right. It, it's weird. I, I know. I'll give you that. They, they have not lived up to what they, what they should have been. But I'm telling you, Bryce Young when they needed him most was Tom Brady for a second and just had that look in his eye. I mean, the moment they threw that pass, I just knew that guy was catching that ball in the end zone. And sure enough, they do. And it's like going overtime. You just knew that they're going to win that game. I yeah. mean, there's Bama wasn't going to lose an overtime period. And that, that's what you get with a saving team. That's what you get with Alabama is, yeah, they might, you know, you might have them on the ropes, but, dude, you better finish them because if you don't, they're going to make you pay. George is going to finish them. We'll George see. is we'll going to finish them. We'll see. This is their opportunity. I'll go ahead and say right here, I'm going to say. Well, save, save for Thursday. Save for Thursday. Right. We'll keep it there. Um, anyway, um, obviously the biggest upset Whatever I mean, so many things you can call this game, but definitely the biggest upset of the weekend: Michigan, Ohio State. What an absolute game! I, what I, an ass whooping! I, I watched wow. almost the entire game. I don't give a shit if Michigan gave it twenty-seven. Um, they dominated that game from start dominated, to finish. Absolutely dominated. And look, I, I was ready to the point. I don't think I ever said it on the podcast, but I was ready to the point being like, "Look, it's going to probably um, be Georgia." And uh, Ohio State in the national championship, and Ohio State could win it because I was so sold on that offense and and knowing that that defense can make enough plays to to be respectful. Because I mean they've given up a lot of yards this year. Ohio State has, so obviously that defense is an issue. But dude, those receivers for Ohio State are just the real deal, man. But here's been the biggest. We problem. all picked Ohio State, right? Yeah, we all yeah. picked Ohio State to win. But here's yeah. been the biggest thing is that if you have a pass rush, you can really get to C.J. Stroud and get him off his game, and that's exactly what Michigan did. Oh, did Michigan have a little bit of a pass rush? Just, uh, just a little bit of one. Just a little bit. 
I mean, what, what, the, the uh, what's his name? Um, Aiden Hutchinson had three Hutchinson. sacks. Had three that man sacks. was an absolute monster. He had the most QB pressures since they started counting QB, or since they started recording QB pressures. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, yeah. The guy, he was an absolute monster. So in there with the game plan. <laughs> they would, they, they, <laughs> no, the game worked much. perfectly right into their plan, and they played big bo- big boy football. They were so physical in the trenches on both the offensive line and the defensive line that they just crippled Ohio State. Now, Ohio State made some plays, thankfully, to their receivers, but they – the, Michigan was just so much the better team, and I hate to do this, but the committee was right in keeping Michigan ahead of Michigan State, ahead uh, ahead of them this whole season, or for the most part, uh, because Michigan from top to bottom was the better team. I still don't agree after the first one. I think after that you could start making an argument. Well, after them. the first one, they but, did, I mean. But the first one, it's like the team beat that team. Like, I, and I get still, that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think after a, a couple more weeks of watching, you're like, okay, maybe Michigan is a little better than yeah. what, what they were that day against Michigan State. But overall, what an absolute win to the point where apparently John Madden, <laughs> yeah, that's right, the John Madden called Harbaugh after the game to congratulate him on the offensive line performance that he saw for Michigan. That's fantastic. That is about the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I didn't know John Madden was actually still alive. (laughs) 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 Which Fox has has a special on him coming out Christmas. Oh, man. Fox has a special on him? Yeah, Fox is coming out with a documentary on him. Nobody does a biography or autobiography, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, incredible win by Michigan. Uh, I thought they're from there going forward, their biggest competition would have been Wisconsin, but Wisconsin uh, dropped the bag and blew it against uh, uh oh my God, Tyler Taylor Hineke. Uh blew it against a pretty mediocre Minnesota team, and uh, now it's going to be Iowa and Michigan, and I just expect Michigan to blow the doors off Iowa. I think they're going to get in as the two seed. Um, well, I think uh, they're going to end up playing OSU. We'll talk more about that on Thursday, predictions and stuff, but that's just how I see it right now. Yep. I mean, the only other real games that we had this weekend that meant a lot here, um, I mean, obviously Oregon takes care of business. They get into the Pac-12 championship. Um, we really got to face Utah again. Again, yeah, absolutely. Wake Forest took care of business. Wake they got Forest pit. is in the ACC championship. Yep, yep. that'll be an interesting pit. one. That'll be a good one. Um, the man. ACC, the uh, the the American Conference, Cincy, Houston. I'm doing it again. I'm putting Cincy on upset alert. Oh my God, Houston is a, a really good team. To the Cincy upset. <laughs> yeah, he's a. They're a really good team. Watch if I would, if it was ever a game to like take points, I would take Houston in the points. Um, but again, we'll talk about this more on Thursday. Nope, that's fine. And um, oh yeah, and BYU beat USC because USC is irrelevant. But um, <laughs> obviously, I mean, um, that's really the main part. We'll, we'll uh, maybe that's why they hired Lincoln. They couldn't stand losing to Mormons. I guess so. Well, did oh! you? Shoot? <laughs> did you did you hear that the uh, student section? I guess or uh, again, the whole what thing. student section? Let's, that place say, does not fill up that nope, fucking stadium. Nope. I actually, I've already seen a great picture. It's it's a picture of Lincoln at at the press conference today, and obviously they did it at the stadium, and you could see the Coliseum in the background, and there you saw some people out there in the 
in the stadium, but not very many. And they're like a live look at what the stadium's going to look like for Lincoln. You know, it's just like shots fired already because you're right. They don't feel that thing at all. But um, anyway, what I was trying to say was I guess there was some uh, some chatter from some of the student section chan- chanting fuck Mormons at the game, which – Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where the program has got to. Oh Lincoln's going to fit gosh. right in. <laughs> oh, real quick. Before we uh, – guess we'll jump to the NFL real quick. Uh, they talked to an assistant uh, for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. But Brian Kelly has had a history of being pretty fucking shady, yeah. especially when leaving programs. He did Cincy. But they said they just spoke to an assistant who saw reports on his phone tonight as he was exiting a recruit's house. The news broke when I walked out of the house, so I look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> That's a fucking quote. Yeah, I hope Lincoln and him can go to dinner and just talk about their – Jerk their, each other off. Their, yeah, their escape plans because they both uh, did their university dirty. Um, yeah, and real quick, like I said, this show is running really late. I mean obviously you don't get to talk about uh, Coach leaving – the University of Oklahoma very often. Um, so, obviously, that was going to be our primary focus. Let's just recap real quick, just run through, just say some of these scores real quick, uh, and then we'll wrap this show up. But um, Thanksgiving games. Um, duds. Looked, I thought looked, they all sucked. Looked like duds. Raiders-Cowboys got a little interesting just because it went to overtime. Starting to look like some frauds. But Cowboys yeah. The Cowboys are starting to look like frauds. Look a little sussy. <laughs> a little sussy. Did anyone uh, pick the Raiders? We all picked the Cowboys. We all picked Cowboys. <laughs> well, I broke the Raiders off. So, yeah, they they were supposed to be done. Uh, uh, did I pick the Saints, Philly? No, we all picked Buffalo. We all picked Buffalo. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Bears, Lions, I mean – Losing DeAndre Swift really the killed. Bears. Yeah. Lo- yeah. Really, I mean, I know the Bears lost Roquan, like doodles, but. but losing DeAndre and then, uh, you know, Roquan, I mean, that game was doo-doo. I, I was that happy. game was doo-doo. I was happy uh, for Antoine. I was happy for Antoine. And the, Chicago, yeah, exactly. And the Bears got the dub, so yeah. I was like, okay. Plus, I didn't want that on his uh, – It looked like shit, though. I didn't want that on yeah, him they for – to give up the first win against the Lions, so I'm glad that that didn't oh happen. Oh my god! Yeah, Bills. Yeah, Bills are starting to figure some stuff out <sighs> there. Boy, the they, Saints they, are in. Uh, they're yeah. another one in trouble. Yeah, they're yeah, been in trouble, not good. Man. Not oh, good at all. There's a uh, must win game Thursday night. Cowboys Saints. Oh man, Kamara a, I think they, might be coming back. Big game for both teams. Sounds yeah. like Taysom Hill's going to be the starter for that game. He better be the starter with that fucking contract you just got. No yeah. shit. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? So we'll talk about that at another yeah, time. We'll talk about fuck, that shit man. Thursday. Let's just run um, through these fucking games. Beagle Steelers. I mean, my Woo! gosh, Steelers. Pittsburgh. It, I think it's time. To, I think it's time to do what you've been doing to the uh, Seahawks all season. I think it's time to write it. In the Ben off. Roethlisberger era. I think it's time to call it. Over, he looked bad. He bad. Looked bad. bad. Uh, most exciting game I believe over the weekend was Bucks Colts. Colt. Man, we talked about this game, too. Colts continue to do this where, man, they look good, and they look like they're a team that can uh, make some noise. They were beating up on the Bucks. Brady looked, com- like, old in the first half. All of a sudden, they get going. Gronk, breakout game, over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, that was huge. That was a vintage Gronk game. Uh, four net, four tutties. I mean, it's just like doing some nice things. Bucks get the win, but... Colts, man, they're they're about probably the best six and six team I've seen in a long time. So as we talked about, uh, you know, they had to we mentioned last uh, week that the Colts would have to make plays in the passing game, and it's exactly what they did, especially in that first half. Uh, the Bucks slowed down Jonathan Taylor. 
and Colt or uh, Carson Wentz made plays. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Bucks just figured out enough in the second half, and you know Leonard Fournette was fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, Dolphins Panthers. Cam uh, was bad, bad in this game. He was so bad. First of all, I need Antoine to say some stuff to me. I need you to apologize to me. For what? Because everyone got so excited. I hate to say it, so you're going to have to apologize to him here in a few minutes when we talk about the Rams. Cam Newton. Yeah, and, uh, oh, I, I couldn't wait for that shit. Okay, I couldn't wait for that shit. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll talk Cam, about it here in a minute. Cam, but look, Cam Newton goes to the Panthers, and bro. everyone's like, "Oh, Cam, oh, Cam." No, shut the. I never, I never. How many said, games did they want since he's been there? Bro, listen to what mm-hmm. I'm saying to you. I never said Cam was gonna. I said he's gonna be a difference maker. But I never said Cam was going to come in there and be fucking Cam. They lost 33 to 10 against the Dolphins. I understand, bro, but you have to understand Cam Newton is coming into a situation where he's like literally taking over a team after three games. What what, what did we see? The first game he came in, had a a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Two plays. Next game, he had a pretty solid game. Decent. And you know, this game, bro, like, you're. For anybody to have expectations of Cam Newton to be 2015 Cam Newton after coming in from being fucking home for half the season, being at home half the season, yeah, you know, making love to his wife and eating pancakes and cooking breakfast for his kids, like, this is what you're going to get. If I actually, I think if you gave Cam Newton an offense and let him, you know, go through the preseason and have training, training camp, the preseason, all of that, I think he would come in and be a big-time difference maker. Not saying he's going to be a top-ten quarterback, but I think he'd be a big-time difference maker. And, let's you know, just, this is just, just just shows that you need that preparation time in order to come in and be a starting quarterback. Let's say this real quick, though. We say this about Cam. The Dolphins' defense is starting to figure some There's stuff out. Stuff They're starting out. to figure some yeah. stuff out. I mean, the Dolphins' defense is always trying to figure some shit out. Though. But, no, the, the, last few weeks, we've always, the last few weeks they've been playing weeks. really yeah. well. So, and let me just say this too. We've always had the Dolphins defense. Like at the beginning of the season, oh, the Dolphins defense are they're actually looking decent. All I know is Cam is done. Write him off. Done. Patriots, Titans. Holy shnikes. We we might have the AFC favorite now in that uh, AFC East again. Holy shnikes. They just continue to do what they're doing and they're suffocating teams with the defense, making it really hard on quarterbacks, shutting down running games, and just being so efficient. Um, on offense, I mean, Patriots got a lot of guys who don't really necessarily look like weapons, but they find out ways to put them in positions to be weapons. Yeah. Um, wow, Patriots might be the best. Mac, jo- Mac Jones looks great. Man, Mac Jones. Is I mean, he bro. fits that offense to a T. No running game didn't matter. The, the passing game was fantastic. The defense again was really good. Yep. I mean, they yeah. the running defense was a little suspect in the beginning, but they. Just found a way to make life hell for Tannehill, yeah. causing fumbles. I mean. What did I tell you about Tannehill? I told you. Yeah. I told you. What are you, 11 for 21, 93 yards, a touchdown, an interception? Yeah. Trash. <laughs> but, you know, Mac Jones, I did not believe the hype of Mac Jones. Um, Same here. I just, I did not get I it when he came it, out. of. We, he was loaded with guys at, at uh, Alabama. But I mean, he still I, came I, into I'm, a good situation he came in, on, with he, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. They, well, they spent so much money on quality oh, receivers. That, yeah, they did, yeah. which they didn't give to fucking Cam. Okay. <laughs> they didn't give it to Cam, but he whatever. Found Either way anyway, it goes, so. Mac Jones is the future, and he is balling. <laughs> he uh, is he, balling he, right now. Up, so. Let's talk about Packers-Rams. 
You got something to say, Antoine? Is this I, what, do you have to look, apologize? Oh, no, no. Look, look, look. Here's the thing. All I'm saying is this. You give Odell the ball. Odell is a difference maker. I don't give a fuck what you say, Preston, just because he didn't, you know, fit in in jail with your boy Baker Mayfield doesn't mean Odell Beckham Jr. is not a top receiver if you give him the opportunity to be a top receiver. He's not a top receiver, period. Oh, my God. He gets, right up, now he gets not... open one play, and we're going to act like he's back? That's bullshit. I'm not saying That was a deep play. Not, that was a deep threat play. I need to see. I need to see more of it, absolutely. but I needed to absolutely. see something hey, like prove that. Prove me wrong. Thank you. Prove me wrong. The announcers are even talking about, like, Odell, like you get here and you you have you've caught one pass for five yards at that point in the game when they were talking about it. They're like, so maybe it's not the quarterback. Maybe it is a diva who demands the ball. I know that Matt, he had ten targets. Yeah, because he had tra- ten targets. What's that tell you? But Matt I'm saying Stafford like, feels like he has to get Odell the ball because he's going to bitch about oh it if he does God, it. Oh my and what God. happened? They stop lost the game. Stop putting that, game. Stop putting that on Odell, game. bro. Stop putting that on it's Odell. It's Odell. It's his fault. It's not put, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But what I'm saying I'm not putting – I'm not – that no. – there was a lot – the defense did not play well at all. Uh, Matt Stafford is in bad shape. There's a lot of things. The, the Rams are now officially entering fraud territory. Yeah. But – Obviously, yes, he is starting. He split targets with uh, Cup, so he he is starting to force the ball to Odell. Um, it's I mean, it is going to be kind of the same situation as in Cleveland with but, that situation. But but what is it saying for these weak minded quarterbacks to to feel like they have to weak minded Matt Stafford? Okay, no, but, but listen, listen. I'm just saying. Listen to what I'm saying. If you if he feels like he has to. Get out of his game. Matt Stafford's been in the league long enough to – he knows what the fuck he's doing. If you feel like you have to get out of your game to give Odell back on the ball, what what are you doing, bro? You're supposed to be the leader of this team. Odell isn't sitting there complaining right now. Mm. His dad's so, not either. Yeah, his dad's not either. Yet. He's yet. Not yet. Yet. But I'm just saying, like, man, look, Odell show flashes – I would love it to be more consistent. I'm eager to see what this offense is going to look like if he stays with the Rams next year or, you know, if he has a whole season to kind of look at the playbook and, and, and go from there. But we'll, we'll see. He did get a prime example of what it's like to be the best receiver in the league watching Devontae Adams. And then he got jokingly punked by Devontae after the no, game. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny <laughs> as fuck. That was funny. Uh, Devontae's the GOAT uh, for that. Uh, but, no, Green Bay, I mean, this just – this is a great. This is a great bounce back for Green Bay after that Minnesota game. Uh, they look great. I mean, they're clearly a top yeah. in the NFC. I mean, Dallas is frauds. I mean, Arizona. Arizona's still holding on. It's they get, like they we, get Kyler healthy. So it feels like we haven't known anything about Arizona in so long because Kyler being out. It went from being like, oh my god, they might be the best team in the NFL. Uh, Kyler's the MVP to being like, you haven't seen Kyler in a month. Well, I think it's. I think that there is something to say about Arizona because they went since he's been out. They went two and three. They've they've went two and one with him while he's been out. Uh, beating a team right now in San Fran that's looking like they're starting to figure some things out. I was out. about to say San Fran. They might be the one team right now that no one wants to play. They're looking pretty dangerous at the moment. Um, they're starting to look a lot more like the San Fran that. Uh, Went to the Super Bowl. They're playing good defense. The running game's really good. Really good. Um, Debo Samuel is playing. Is he? How hurt is he? Is he it okay? sounds like he's about to be a, a week, two weeks out. Okay, because he was exciting in that game. Unfortunately, I was cheering against him because I was facing him. But uh, yeah. he's, he's electric, man. I mean, they're just getting him the ball. 
and uh, he's making things happen. I would like to talk about really quick uh, Preston's other team, the Broncos, pulling out the victory against the Chargers. That's that future that, that he future plays. Is looking good, boys. Uh, the Chargers, the I'm biggest. I'm surprised you didn't mention it earlier. That I actually, th- I actually probably would put the Chargers in that fraud territory. Yeah. Because I mean, now you look at they beat up on a fucking terrible Pittsburgh team. Um, they've struggled. I mean, ever since that Cleveland game when they had the high scoring game, they've been so up and down. Yep. Um, I mean, Herbert played okay in this game, uh, but... You know why? They won't get the damn ball to Mike Williams. I play him, and he just doesn't catch anything. I mean, it's bullshit. They like, Preston, to, play, they like to play in spite of Preston. <laughs> I, th- I honestly think they've got something uh, like a vendetta against me. I don't know. There's something going on there. But uh, then last thing, I mean, Ravens-Browns. What an awful game this was. God, that was so, so bad. Trash. I'm glad I didn't watch the whole so thing. Trash. Because what I did watch was awful. But I'll tell you right now, it's time. It, they need to sit Baker. They got to let him get and healed. Let him get healed up because it, it. Which is what we alluded they, to. They I know you guys alluded to it, but man, just watching, watching him get him up there. each time. He might literally like leave this season and possibly a body bag at this point because. It is not look good, man. I mean, and look, they're done. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we just, did, yeah. I mean, we thought maybe they could hang around, win a couple of these games, and be a be a possible threat in that division. They're done. Yeah, I. Yeah, he's got he's got to get rested up. Yeah, man. They just need to settle. They like even we got Cream about Hunt back week. last night and still couldn't run the football. And another, yeah. and another guy's dad commented on stuff. Yeah, yeah, great. So. Uh, interesting week of football. Um, obviously, we'll preview um, all the conference championship games for college and a, a big week. There's some good games coming up this next weekend uh, that we'll be ready to see, including Monday night football. Next Monday might be the night, day we get together and watch actually the whole game for the podcast because it's the Patriots Bills, and I've been waiting for a good game for us to hang out and watch yeah, a game together. A good one. That's a that's a pretty damn good. Solid yeah, that's game. a good matchup. So, um, I don't know if I can do it. I actually have a. I have to film my porn scene when I get off work. So. Again, at when the when sports dies down, <laughs> we're gonna have to ask we're gonna have to ask Antoine for his favorite porn account. Yeah, no, he continues to lose to porn during, yeah. during during these moments. But uh, real quick, just finish this up. Tell us power rankings for NBA. Obviously, there's been a lot going on. Even even things I've wanted to allude to in baseball, uh, some college basketball. Today's episodes run long because we had a lot going on. So let's just touch on a couple things, and we'll get to more of this stuff yeah, on Thursday. Just quick with the power rankings. Uh, you want me to go one to five or five to one? Do five to one. Five to one. Five to one. I got the Heat at five. Um, they're the number one, they're number two team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know they're looking pretty solid. They've had a couple big wins, so I got them at number five right now. Uh, number four, I have the Bucks. Uh, last the Bucks last ten games, eight and two. Seems yeah, like they're, they're starting to figure, to figure some things out. Champs are figuring um, some stuff out. Giannis is not getting enough credit. He is, I think, he's literally leading the team in every statistic this well, season. So I know and, your and, number one team. That's the reason why he's not getting any credit because the guy who's probably well, no yeah, one team. No, no, I get you. Who's my number one team? Oh no, 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 no! I'm oh. saying the guy on the number one team. I know who your number one team is yeah. going to be. The guy on that team is, is it? yeah. That okay. guy, that guy's keeping. Yeah. So number three, I have the Nets. Okay. Uh, number one team in the Eastern Conference. Um, they're figuring some things out too. Kevin Durant's a fucking beast. Uh, last ten games are seven to three, so I have them at the number one, uh, mm. number three spot. 
That's what I feel like he's getting, is getting betrayed. It doesn't my sound number, like the betrayal of uh, Kyrie is starting to really pan out, huh, Stephen yeah. A? Yeah, but I'm yeah, okay. Number my two. number two team. It may be debatable, but I have the Warriors at number two. No, that's and there's a reason I have why I have the no Warriors at number two. Because the team at number because one. Because the team at number one, the Phoenix Suns, have won the last 17 <laughs> games. Yeah. That's, so that, there's that, no yeah. way I could put the Warriors. No, hell no. <laughs> so I thought you. Wow. I, I just. I'm not that. saying the Warriors to me are not the best team, but right now the Suns are so hot that I, li- I. There's no way I could. They beat the Warriors could, during that set. That they beat the Warriors. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So the Phoenix Suns are are the number one team in the power rankings. So go back to Giannis real quick. I mean, I admit that as Steph. It's clearly oh, the, MVP, the MVP, MVP, bro. Did so you the, see the pass he did last yeah. night? Yeah, so oh he's, yeah, he's, 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 why, he's the reason why a lot of these guys aren't getting enough recognition because he's just been so fucking good. Dude, Steph is, yeah. it, it's crazy to me how good he is. Dude. So, real quick, I do have one question in the NBA. Um, it deals with a, a team in L.A. Seems like we have a lot of L.A. talk today. Uh, <laughs> are the Lakers uh, – Trash. Are the Lakers trash? They're kind of boo boo. They are, uh, Bro, even with LeBron. I want, I want people to. Are understand they just too this. old? I want people to understand this. It's not even about age, bro. As much as just about. You, just because you have a bunch of superstars on your team, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to put them together and win a championship. Like the Rams? I want, I want you to understand something. There is no. I don't feel like there is a team that that I can think of in NBA history that forced a situation where they had a bunch of superstars on the team and won a championship. Yeah. No, right? That's a good point. I, that's I a good feel point. like yeah. you have teams that have been together that kind of organically came together. Like, uh, you know, I know the Lakers at one point were stacked. Um, the Celtics back in the day were stacked. But those were all you know from I mean? drafting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like when you look at the Lakers – they're, they're low-key reminding me of the 2004 Lakers when they had Gary Payton, Karl Malone, yeah. uh, you know, Kobe and Shaq. And, yeah, those kind of teams, you know, yeah. That, those that, kind that, of teams, that does sound very that, just because Just because you have all these superstars, it doesn't mean that you're going to be an elite team. You know, and the Lakers have a lot of elite talent, but role players are so uh, underrated. They made a big role mistake. Role players are so underrated because if you have – Solid role players, bro. They can change. They made everything. A, everything. They made a big mistake, and I love Russ. They made a big mistake choosing Russ over Buddy Hield. Hell yeah, bro. They should have. They should have got CP three. Because no matter what anybody has to say about CP three, he goes to a fucking team, and that team starts winning. Yeah. And that team looks like a championship contender. AKA at one point the Houston Rockets. Before, if Chris Paul didn't get injured that series, they beat the Warriors. They yeah. beat the Warriors, right? And then you have um. He goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, instantly makes them a playoff team. Yeah. Not saying the, war, the Thunder didn't have talent on that team, but Chris Paul being on no, that team he made, made a hell of a difference. He made exactly. Yeah. Then what happens when he goes to the Phoenix Suns? They go to the fucking finals. So anybody talking shit on Chris Paul because, oh, he, he, he may not be the teammate that hugs you and cuddles you and, and, and super nice to you. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. He goes in there to get shit done. He plays with passion, and that's what you need. And if you see all these teams succeeding with this one, there's a common denominator, Chris Paul. Yeah. He may not have gotten over the hump and won a championship, but Chris Paul is a difference maker, and yeah. the Lakers fucked up not trying to get Chris Paul. Wow. I just I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And even if they couldn't get Chris Paul, I think they fucked up. They could have they could have done work, enough work, letting – you know Rondo or whoever run point, and then getting Buddy off the uh, off the bench. Uh, 
for six the six man or whatever getting that shooting. I mean, he already instantly becomes with him and Malik Monk become a really good uh, dynamic in shooting. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and not say I'm not happy watching them be crap, but uh, I'm just I'm just noticing that right now that yeah, they're not playing the Lakers, bro. The Lakers won a championship. They almost are almost. It's almost a point where I'm starting to think they're broken. The Lakers won a championship with the last time the Lakers won a championship. Chris Paul and Anthony Davis was the guy. And then what did they have? A bunch of really good, good role players. Role players, bro. I'm telling you, the system is not have a bunch of superstars on your team and stack your team, right? It's have a bunch of good, a really, a bunch of really good role players, and then a couple stars. Yeah, maybe two or three. If you have anything over than three, I feel like you're fucking up. Yeah. Because now people aren't playing their game. They're playing their game to fit a system that's not what they're used to or not something that can accommodate their game. So I just feel like the Lakers just have too much shit going on. They, the Cleveland Cavaliers tried to do that shit to compete with the Warriors. Yeah. What happened? They broke that fucking team up. Did that team still go to the finals? Yeah. Yes. You know why? Because LeBron James. And the East was shit. And the East was shit. <laughs> so it's just like you can't have this super superstar team and expect. Yes, steady. Expect, expect, you know, results. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree. I like it. Well, that was to McKissick. McKissick. Yep. Um, final thoughts. Uh, well, real quick, too, I'm going to try to watch some stuff and give some uh, back stuff uh, for Thursdays. But uh, uh, hey, I do. Movie, want... movie stuff. Uh, I did watch Halloween Kills last night. Oh, yeah? And I'm so mad that you didn't tell me how bad that movie sucked. Because you, you did tell me, like, well, Jason kicks ass in it. Michael That's Myers what? does kill it in that movie. Oh, Jason, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Michael I'm Myers. I'm, 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 I'm so, I'm so, I'm so upset. <laughs> you can't be in here, right? I'm so upset about it anyway, just because, I'm not kidding, that was hard to watch. It was so bad. The acting is awful. The acting was bad. It, awful. No, if Michael Myers isn't on screen, that movie is not no, good. No, you're right. I mean, it was terrible, man. Wow, uh, no, that's the other way. He nine, definitely, nine game. Wow. Um, no, they um, no, that movie is not good. There's so much wrong with that movie. We can my dissect God. it a little later. That, and that's so disappointing because it was my most I anticipated was so movie of the year. Too. But was uh, like, no, it is. Uh, it was a big disappointment. Anyway, I just wanted to say that because I watched that last night and I yeah. was just like, God damn it, Sam. Could, I could have had you know hour and a half of my life back. Um, all right, well, yeah, that I, pretty much wraps it up for this week. I do want to say this: we talked about doing the segment. This episode. I do. I, I talked about doing the segment um, with your mom's favorite, uh, your mom's favorite athlete. Obviously, we're not going to do it right now, but I do want to mention <laughs> Scott Boris, <laughs> right? I don't know if you know who Scott Boris is. He's the agent. Yeah, he's the agent. Yeah, yeah. You Super know who the agent, agent he is? Everyone. Chris Bryant. Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The Mets. To get I, him $130 million contract. Three years. For, and he's 37 years old. $130 million contract. Making $43 million a year. Well, that's what Scott Boris. He you, is the mega agent. One. You, do know, you do know who gave it to him, right? Huh? Is the he, Mets? Yeah. No. Yeah. Enough but, said. I, I almost want to end saying, the episode on that because that's that's the message of finest. Dude, regardless of the situation, that's so he took advantage of the situation no, and he made it happen. You're right. I, I, yeah. real, real quick, I wanted to throw this out there because we've been talking about it. It's about almost thirty minutes ago. Hold on, real quick. Nope, never mind. That was a fake account. Nope. Never mind. Boo. Thank God. Yep. 
Fake account, thank God. Real news on this. Yeah. No fake news. Yeah, on no, they got no. I hate Twitter. I think gotta cut that at the right time. Okay, good. we're good. Never mind. All right. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate you hanging in there. For those who stayed to the end to listen to this two-hour and ten-minute podcast, but there was a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're super excited about next episode. Like I said, we'll get you all ready for. Um, your weekend preview and all that, and we'll have a lot more to say. Hopefully we know who OU's head coach is by then, possibly even LSU's. Uh, So we'll be looking to see that. Follow us on uh, social media. Get out there, and um, we got some good stuff out there. We're going to post tonight's video on there, and hopefully eventually we'll we'll do a little recording too of the podcast and uh, put it on there as well. So, guys. Pleasure tonight. Yeah, that was fun. We got some stuff off our chest that we had to. I came in here. It was kind of like my therapy session for the day. So I appreciate you guys giving me free therapy. Um, But, yeah, excellent. I'm going to start charging your eyes. (laughs) You should. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you Thursday. And uh, peace. Later. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. (laughs)